0: Moto One Podcast Network. I'm the Glove Glow Duck. I love the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast, baby. Yeah. You know, after this interview, I sound like a fat, hairy, bearded slob. I think that's kind of a, a, a weird statement. Let's go. Let's do this, baby. You're listening to a show hosted by three sentient beings. One is old, one's a woman, and one is a robot. You decide who is what. And in the meantime, the views and opinions of the participants of the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast are those of the participants and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinions of the Creative Riding Moto One Podcast Network or any of their affiliates. Moto One made us say that, by the way. Enjoy the show. I heard you tapping. I hear you tapping. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome. This is Creative Riding, and you're listening to episode 300. It's finally happening, you idiots. It's the California Woo. Rides episode. California Riding, California Rides, and California Be Ridden. I'm here. I am um, the usual junkmeister. And with us on the mics is your mom, your mom, your mom's back in the house. Kim. tonight. Kim, who is your mom? If you're Kim's kids, <laughs> so, there you go. She's somebody's mom. Um, yeah, we got a good show today. I hope God, I pray you looked over the notes. What do you think?
1: I think it's going to be an awesome show, especially for the 300th.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, this is episode three freaking hundred. Now, if you go into iTunes or any, any app that you're using to get your uh, podcast and you look at how many, you'll notice it's probably over 320, but that's because we did like some special spooky spokes and we did like some junk piles and stuff like that. So we this is technically the legitimate uh, 300th that we're counting as 300. So happy 300th, everybody. Yay. And, uh had I thought about it in that way, I would have made it, I would have put even more notes, Kim. I would have like, you would have not, you would have just quit today. So, (laughs) (laughs) so anyways, so we're going to jump into that in a little bit. To start off though, um, I want to get in, I want to like rejuvenate some of the segments that I used to do in the past when, when it was, uh, just me, but then I got like some cool co-hosts. And now that I have another cool co-host, um, I thought I'd start out with a new one. I used to do, uh, what was it? What I used to do every, every day it was like, um, like here's what happened this week or, or the sad sad what happened sad this week I don't know so on this this episode I think we should start a new a new tradition every episode starting out we should give our highs of the last week or two and then the lows of the last week or two and I know it's been probably a couple of weeks since we put one out so probably 2 weeks so you want to go first or you want me to go first
1: um I can go first yeah let's yeah, hear I it I actually think that Some of ours might overlap. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you, and I met up uh, this last weekend, and I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Um, actually, for me, that was a high because um, (laughs) it's about time that we like actually (laughs) met. You didn't feel like this. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah. So um, that was that was really cool. We like had some pickleback or a yeah not some yeah Yeah. hey
0: hey california highway patrol we had some picklebacks
1: and uh, (laughs) yeah and then we walked home we walked
0: yeah right wink wink (laughs) sure Uh,
1: so that was really cool and we met some interesting people also yeah
0: yeah while we (laughs) were there yeah um yeah let's so let's 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 give this guy even though even though we both wanted to punch him let's give him a little uh let's give him a little chat up so yeah this guy in there very excited about his new dirt bike and he obviously had a Harley and he had a sport bike I forget what he said he had but uh he was very excited about his dirt bike because he had just taken it out to Elsinore Mm -hmm. which isn't too far from where we were I guess you know and uh had smacked up on some 16 year olds he said and he was 43 so he was super proud of that and um I really was like, bro, you, 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 this is an A and B conversation and you kind of seed your way in. Yeah, very. <laughs> so could you see yourself out? However, <laughs> then I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know what though? This guy's stoked that there's motorcyclists in here. And honestly, even though I want to tell him to like, you know, buzz off, I was like, you know what? This guy's we're going to have to deal with him for five whole minutes. Right. And then he'll right. be, well, it was more like eight, but still.
1: <laughs> and he bought our drinks. So. And then he
0: bought us drinks. So it worked out. Have we Had we told him to, you know, pack sand right when he got there, there would have probably been like, you know, some mm-hmm. foul taste, but yeah, no, and it's cool. And then now if we ever see that guy again, we'll give him a sticker and say like, Hey, listen to yeah. this. Listen to episode 300. We mentioned totally.
1: you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I might have to go back there and just wait. I bet he's there every uh, yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Let's go check it out. Let's, let's, let's see. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> um, Another high, I guess, this week was I did go on a ride out towards Julian. Like before there's um a town called Wynola and Julian hard ciders there. Hmm. I guess you're like sensing maybe a theme, but, uh, yeah, I went and I taste tested, (laughs) tested, got a flight. Yeah. Of some of their, their drinks there, but it's so pretty there, the, the apple orchards. Um, so that was another high and running into some friends.
0: Absolutely. And And there is a reason why Julian, (laughs) even if you're out of state, Julian is like one of the craziest, uh, m- go to motorcycle destinations in Southern California. And it's like down just outside of San Diego. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's freaking beautiful out there. That's cool that you got to go right out there. You did that day before we, we met up.
1: Uh, yeah. On Friday I took, oh, um, right. pretty much a day off cause my kids, it was like my last day while the kids are in school.
0: Yeah. Yep. So it was like my freedom. The kids seeing schools out for summer. And then the parents cry. Oh no! School's out for summer.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, yeah. Welcome to summer, mom. And you work from home now, so you'll never get away. Uh, That's what weekends are for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll need to definitely be planning some more rides to break it up.
0: Yeah. So, what were your low? What was the lowest of lows? I love your notes
1: <laughs> on this one. <laughs> I was wondering if you would see that. Uh, you know, I I'm sure I always I I know there were lows besides like my kids getting out of school for the summer, (laughs) I feel like I was thinking about this, and I kind of feel like my lows are always on my way back home from a ride.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's
1: like as soon as – like as the closer I get to home, the more of the reality like starts creeping back into my head of like what do I got to do when I get home or for the week, and that kind of – it's like bittersweet.
0: Yeah, ending. yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where, f- for me, when I come home, it, it, it depends on how long the trip was. If it was like a three day overland camping trip, oh, yeah. When I get home, my head, my shoulders usually hurt, my eyes usually hurt. I'm like usually ready. It, it depends on how rough of you know,
1: yeah,
0: rough of a trip it was. But um, yeah, sometimes I'm just ready to beat feet and get home. And uh, especially at 127 years old, like this old body. <laughs> You could, you know, doesn't have any many bumps left in it, but yeah, it's hard. It's 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 uh, it is a bittersweet because even though, even if you had a shitty time and you're in pain, it's still better than being at home and not riding, right? So yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah like that that come down part. is yeah, that's that's sucky, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when's your next ride?
1: Um, my next ride. Oh gosh, I know I had some others. Um hmm. for sure the end of the month. Well, I'm going back up to Josie's hideout again, which is um I kind of my hang, I guess. They gotcha. were doing a farewell ride for a friend that's moving to Arkansas. Oh, so man. who
0: wants to go there?
1: I know. Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I was born there. That's why I said that.
1: Oh, that's I remember you saying that. <laughs> It's yeah. terrible.
0: Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> they make people like me there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So that's the only thing. I know there will be some rides definitely before the end of the month, but that's the only thing that's popping out um, yeah. right now.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. What's your last this? low? You have a really, you have a terrible one. You have a, uh,
1: you my, must have been crying my, over this. Yeah, my super low this week was reading about everything you're gonna talk about tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, no, I'm kidding. Nice. Nah, I yeah, skimmed it. It looks pretty good.
0: Yeah, you had to have skimmed it, and it, it only took you three hours to skim it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, people don't understand when I when I do when I get into it and do notes on an episode. Eh, I do notes, you know, like, and it didn't take me that long to do those. I've taken like, when I did the Harley Davidson versus Indian episode, I literally spent like two weeks looking up facts cause I didn't want to get them wrong. And it's when yeah. Indian was coming back into the market. You know what I'm saying? When Indian started flat tracking again and I knew they weren't going to go away like they did back in the, you know, they, they came and went like every 10 years from 1960 to 2010, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew they'd be back for good this time. And I really wanted to um make an impression with that one, but also the Bonneville Salt Flat, that took a little bit to research. I had to go back 63,000 63, years in history for that one. So that took a little bit of research, but Dang. uh yeah. You know how hard it is to find notes from 63,000 years ago?
1: Did you have to go to like a library or like an encyclopedia? Like
0: yeah. I had to find a fucking caveman. I had to find a time machine. On, to it do. was on
1: tablets like the metal stone.
0: Yeah. They were etched, yep. And yeah. uh yeah, you, had to, um, you could, I could only check out two at a time because I each weighed 300 pounds. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, you know, I kind of heard, like, I think you... I don't even know if your bike... Uh, didn't you have some trouble as far as even taking off? Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So, you want to get into my highs
1: and lows? Yeah, yeah, I do.
0: Yeah. So, my highs and lows. Uh, my highs the last couple of weeks has been listener meetups. Uh, the first one was... Um, a fellow named Johnny Roundtree, who's an avid listener of the show, uh, messaged me a while back and said, "Hey, man! In June, or like something like that, yeah, in June, I'm going to be heading out for a friend who um, took his life and doing like a memorial ride for him. We had planned to do this ride together, and then uh, some circumstances that." You know, if Johnny wants to tell anybody about him, happen. And instead, Johnny ended up doing this ride on his own for his friend. And man, he went to, I forget how many hundreds of miles. He started, he lives up in the Bay Area by Sacramento. Or no, he lives in Sacramento. I guess that's not technically the Bay Area. So between between the Sa- San Francisco and Sacramento, he h- hitched out toward like Nevada that way, like by Lake Tahoe, rode out got to Bonneville. I think he's, I think he hit the grand Canyon or something, came back, hit Vegas and then stopped by to see of all dirt bags in this world, me. And, uh, so yeah, it was really fun to meet him. Um, and, uh, I love the videos he shares and he loves the show. So, um, he listens to it and, uh, Sometimes, sometimes he says it brings him to tears. I don't know if it's because it's good oh. or bad. Like, yeah, it's because it's so bad he's crying. Or <laughs>
1: but maybe, or it, maybe he's like laughing so right. hard. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. Fine. If it makes
0: him feel good, and so he said, "I feel." When he left, he's like, "Man, I if you can see my cheeks under my helmet right now." Uh, they're just about to explode. I am so happy. I feel like I spent time with the movie star and I was so flattered until he said, and that movie star is Yoda from the <laughs> star Wars movies. Cause I'm kind of small and green. And I was like, I'll take it. I, I didn't want to offend him, but I was like, I'll take it. I'll take it. But yeah, so we had a fun rip, um, on, on, he has a VFR 800. So I took the mm-hmm. VFR 750 and we went down and met my friend in. um, down in LA on sunset, man, like for a, we went to a Tiki, but one of the oldest Tiki bars in LA, I think it's the oldest Tiki bar in LA. And, um, it's got notes on the ceiling from like the earliest one we saw was 1964, but this is like a down and dirty, like OG Tiki bar and it's family owned. And I guess until about like five or 10 years ago, one of the, one of the sons or something um, retired and they hired a new person. So up until five or 10 years ago, you could still smoke in there. Cause like, there was like laws that went into effect. Like, I want to say like 2005 or something like almost, almost like 20 years ago now that you couldn't smoke in bars anymore unless yeah. all the employees consented or it was family owned or something. So they were like the only place in LA, the only bar that you could still smoke in. I think it was just up until like five years ago. So not only was it a historic bar, it was a historic hang, and um my friend Roland really liked him and Johnny had a lot to talk about because my friend Roland was um from the Bay Area originally. So yeah, it's they had a lot to talk more than more than me and Johnny had to talk about. I felt like he was stealing our listener. I was kind of pissed. So we <laughs> we got in a fist fight the next day. Was, so you like yeah. did
1: a war and
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. We did we we drank tiki drinks and like um yeah, did chug a lugs until uh, one of us passed out. <clears <clears and <throat> um it wasn't awesome. me. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty fun. Uh the second one was yeah, I I drove down and met uh my our new co-host that you hear on the air here. Uh a little bit we we exchanged some merchandise, quote quote. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that did happen. Don't don't pretend like it didn't happen. Nobody saw, but uh yeah. and, and luckily that guy didn't want to come show us his Yamaha or he just have <laughs> seen me giving you the hardware. But yeah, for sure. We that was a super fun way to spend a Sunday morning. Um, drinking free shots and uh <laughs> i hadn't yeah. eaten anything yet so i was a little me bit either. okay good well uh, i should have should've, should've been I? such like, a pussy i, I packed should've... an
1: um, tangerine in my bag there yet. you go yeah
0: well i i opened could have opened my mouth and ate some bugs on the way down yeah i should have just got a drink too so that would have been my breakfast uh, a nice healthy dose of carbs uh, right there in the morning to get me get me going but yeah that was fun and, um, yeah, on the way to meet you, I left, like, like I do, I left within the, like, literal, like, to admit, to the minute, like, time it'll take me to get there. Yeah. If something says it's going to take it 45 minutes, why leave an hour before and just sit around for 15 minutes?
1: I'm that guy.
0: Okay, good. Because <laughs> I got there at seven after our meeting time was, and I... Part of it was because I stopped at the gas station, popped open my – I could hear my gas sloshing around, and my bike gets such shitty gas mileage, I got to tell you. um, And it says it's got like an almost three-gallon tank, but I swear to God, it it acts like it's a one-gallon, you know, uh, drag race tank or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I could hear the gas sloshing around so i think i need gas and i went to the gas station popped it open look i don't i don't need gas boom but i knew i needed about three or four pounds of air in the back tire Mm -hmm. so i pushed my bike over to the air pumps throw uh you know pay probably ten dollars per liter of air uh i don't know how much i just put my card in and it it started Wait, you paid for air yeah
1: you're fired
0: yeah i know you're not supposed to, but if you're not a, if you don't buy gas, you don't get free air up here. So if you're a customer, they'll turn it on for you. But if you don't buy gas, they won't turn on the air. Oh. So isn't that weird? So, um, but yeah. So I, I I put my credit card in. I'll, I hope maybe in a couple of days it'll be like, hey, three thousand dollars you just paid for Probably. that. Probably
1: you bought pounds like, of air. Yeah, you bought everybody's air like all weekends. <laughs> <Yeah>, pretty much. <laughs>
0: so so yeah, I put it aired up my tire. Four whole pounds, you know, and then I jumped on the bike and got ready to meet you. And I was like, okay, I need to, I need to leave right now or I'm not going to be there on time. And holy shit, my bike wouldn't start. The battery was like, I was like, oh God. But at least the, um, the instrument lit up, so I knew there was some power, just on not enough cranking amps to get it started. Yeah, and in the driveway, going there, it was fine. It's been fine. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's been a little slower and slower and slower as the years go on. It is the battery is seven years old, but it, nothing like I've never hit it and just had it die. The only time I've had my battery die is Wiggins and I went on a um, on a two or three day trip before and when we were getting coffee i left my key on in the bike oh. and i was like that's so stupid I, my lights were on and that drained it but um yeah this is the first time in forever that it's been drained and i haven't i didn't have it on the tender this whole like probably probably a few weeks so it's probably my bad um but yeah i had to bump start my bike it didn't work the first time i had to push it back up to the top of the driveway and bump it again boy that got my heart pumping cuz that thing's like 500 and something pounds you know 550 pounds yeah So, uh, it started the second time and my wife and kids are getting gassed too. And they're just watching me like, dude, you idiot. (laughs) And the funny thing is I I got for Christmas, I got this little micro start. That's literally the size of a cell phone and you keep it in your pocket. That's why they make it so small. So you can carry it in your pocket. And I just, I didn't have it on me. And I was like, what a stooge.
1: Of course not.
0: Yeah. So, so that was, it wasn't a low, it was still a high because I knew I was going to, at least make it like, down there to meet you. And I was only seven minutes late. There, tra- traffic was horrendous, but thank God for splitting yeah. lanes. And I was doing like 90 miles an hour on the on the open patches going, you know what? Like, I'm not going to have gas to get back, huh? And when I stop at the gas station, it's going to die again. So when we <laughs> left there, when at that bar that we met at, I made sure that I looked around. It was on a downhill slope. So I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I could jumpstart it if I need to. <laughs> so luckily, luckily riding it down there, uh, charged it up. So yeah, we're good.
1: Uh, and that I know, was my I was, high. Yeah. I, gl- I was glad I didn't have to like, I don't know, throw a rope on you and like <laughs> yeah. you down the road a little <laughs> bit. Just tie it around <laughs> my neck instead of the bike and
0: like, drag- <laughs> I fall off and you just drag me on accident. That would have been awesome. <laughs> how to, how to not uh, pull start someone to start their bike. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and then my lows this week was uh, we offended uh, – I, I, not we. I horribly offended a, a, a listener with our Can-Am what? Uh, oh, little skit sorry. that we did. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And we have a lot of listeners that ride Can-Ams, and our whole, our whole gag was – well, my I, I wrote that list, the Can Am list, and the whole gag was making fun of celebrities at first because we were talking about celebrities that ride and how Tina Turner had just passed. Yeah, and the whole bit was that, that I had written was the c- celebrities, and if we if I could have posted the picture, I mean they're all copyrighted, so I can't. But if I could have posted these pictures of these people, it didn't even really need. They didn't need to be on Can Am's. They could have been on bicycles, motorcycle, whatever. They look so funny, and that's why to me it was funny, but you know it was a it was a gag that went sideways and i know for a fact that we've got like 5 or 10 people that listen that ride Can-Ams, and i just wanted to say i'm sorry because i didn't i wasn't trying to do any Can-Am hatred cuz i'll wave to scooters hell i wave to people oh, yeah, on the me too. Yeah, I wave to people on those fucking push like bird scooters. <laughs> like bird they got scooters? yeah, like this little around town like lime scooters and bird scooters and shit. Oh, ah, okay, I'll, I'll throw deuces out to those guys. Like props, they're 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 wearing a basically a bicycle helmet and they're contending with the same traffic that I am, but mm. on a scooter that weighs 20 pounds. So they got bigger balls than, than me. Right. So in yeah. <laughs> all my gear on my bike. So yeah, I mean, I don't hate anybody, but that, that gag offended, um, one, maybe more than uh, one listeners. And, uh, I wanted to apologize for that because this whole week I've been looking at these people traveling with their friends and they're, I think they're, uh, yeah. Somebody's dad's on a Can Am, and then obviously we got you know some of our podcast affiliates, right.
1: yeah, I've on Can Am's. They've gotten yeah, even some ad- additional Can Am's. Yeah, think.
0: yeah. So, so yeah. Sorry, Can Am writers.
1: I do. But uh, can I? Can I say one more thing though about them? Like I always. It always catches me off guard though when you see like an all white one and then the riders wearing like all white cuz I kind of think of like Star Wars. Yeah,
0: like a speeder bike.
1: Like and I'm not making fun, but it does catch me off guard especially yeah. when it's like when I would commute um to work and there was just this one person somewhere that lives near me and I just I just expected them to pull out like their little laser guns every time.
0: <laughs> yeah, they yeah, went they, by. they do definitely give off a different you know, when you see them from the profile, even you can tell just because of the wheel placement that it's not a motorcycle, but you can't really tell what it is if you can only see two of the wheels, you know? So, yeah. but the crazy thing is that when I was going to Vegas a couple of years ago to, um, meet up with some family, I saw like a group of like, had to be like 20 of them, uh, in a row, like following each other. And they were, I don't know where they were going to or from, but I mean, since they are, you know, luggage capable. They got like storage all over them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, Probably, I don't know as much, uh, more than a bagger, I'm guessing, more than like a ultra glide, you know? But uh, yeah, they were just like hoofing it across. And um, one of the best, one of the best times I've seen a Can-Am is uh, at the Wounded Warrior thing. But in the, in real, like out in the wild, I saw this dude with no legs. He had his legs, both legs amputated. And he was riding one. And I'm guessing that there's like, um, shift switches and stuff on the handlebars, like a, like a, like a DTC Honda, you know? Uh And, uh, so yeah, he was able, he was riding it without it. So that's another good thing is it helps? I know there's some people that can't ride two wheels without some special crazy mechanisms, you know, popping down to hold the bike up or something. so Can-Am's the next way to go, but yeah. So sorry, Can-Am riders, please forgive me, um, and forgive Kim, even though she's only guilty by association.
1: <laughs> uh, you know what? I've never, dr- I, I want to say driven, ridden one. We should some weekend go rent some or, oh, yeah. or you know, we'll do like a little Can-Am thing. I get a red cupcake. you ridden one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You ha- Have you ridden one, Junkie?
0: No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I've you sat on, on them.
1: Back with and I
0: mean, I went the very, I mean, obviously I've, gone to uh, obviously but maybe that's not obvious i've been to uh i was there when they got released uh the first year they came out you know at the press thing they were talking about them and that very first year they had already done some stuff with um the wounded warrior project like that was like i don't know i think that was their whole thing and then the nikon comes out and then you know what i'm saying and then harley trikes are super popular right now i just feel like there's a lot of three-wheeled vehicles on the road that weren't on the road and slingshots. I got to say that too. They weren't on the road. um, Like, I don't know, 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? It feels, they feel pretty new to me. They feel like maybe like it's going on 10 years now, I guess. But yeah, like 20, like 14 or something was like the very first time I ever saw uh, like one of these. And yeah, in all those years, I've never been on one. So don't knock, it t- don't yuck somebody's yum. You know what I'm saying? Don't knock until you t- try it. We need to get on one. I'm gonna let you ride. I'm gonna ride cupcake, so I can. <laughs> uh, is that the right term? Cupcake backpack.
1: Um, I'm gonna stay away from. Yeah, backpack is good. Cupcake is kind of a little different. Um, <laughs> don't and make I, don't it weird. <laughs> I don't want to keep going on the offending streak at the moment. Yeah. Um. But yeah, backpacks are
0: backpack's good. Backpack's a good term. Well, hey, let's get into this week's events. I'm going to play a little music that we have. Hopefully it's good. Are you ready for this?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. On this week's upcoming events, Kim has the cool stuff, Junkie has the dumb stuff, and Tobor is disassembled and can't say jack squat. Was that good? <laughs> yeah. I
1: That'd be, I don't know if I was supposed to like be serious or start. Crying. Yeah, start yeah. crying a
0: little bit. When you, <laughs> you you need, you have to cry when you say these events that are coming. Oh, up. <laughs>
1: but like make so it good. make them sad
0: so nobody wants to go.
1: I've been having no. my wine, so I'm feeling good.
0: I can't. I can't sound sad. Yeah, hell no. No, I don't know why they they put that. This is some free music, by the way, folks. This is the first time we're using this, and I I've upgraded our platform, and I haven't add. I can add my own music, but I haven't yet. So that was just a little bit of uh, royalty free music that was provided on this platform. So there you go. They should have kind of made it like a little more uplifting. They must do a lot of crime podcasts, you know. <laughs> so. But yeah, let's hear your list of cool all stuff, right. and then I'll get into my list of fool stuff.
1: Fool, all right. So, um, something I noticed: an event that was coming up is on June 25th. There's a group called SoCal Biker Chicks, and they are doing their ninth annual Unicorn Ride, and that there it's a female-only ride, and they're meeting up at um, Cycle Gear at Azusa. And then they're riding over to Dirt Dog Compound. Yeah.
0: Where is that?
1: You know, I meant to look that up uh, and I failed.
0: Hey, I'll tell you what. Meet up at Cycle Gear. Ride with them and you'll find out, right?
1: Yeah. That's what Google's for. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it it does look cool. Um, I haven't – I don't believe I've met any of that group of chicks, but – It definitely sounds like a cool event. They have a flyer posted on their Instagram also.
0: Nice. And it's SoCal Biker Chicks?
1: Yeah, SoCal Biker Chicks. Awesome. And um, another one that I think we both saw was July 1st and 2nd. San Diego Harley is having their first annual bike fest. And they're going to have the wall of death there. Yeah. Yeah, I feel lame. I've never... Seen that in person, though I've been to stuff. I I'm just lame. I
0: haven't seen. No, it. you know what? I mean, I've been to the uh, Born Free. They had it. And the, yeah, there was some other epi- uh, episode, some <laughs> other event that had it. Um, and I didn't actually go and check it out because the crowd to get in there was like a line, like an hour long to wait. And it's like mm-hmm. I don't want to wait to see someone go around a wall. I've been to events where like three guys were riding mini bikes in a, in a iron ball and I didn't have yeah. to wait for that. And that was because crazy shit. But the wall of death is one of those like iconic motorcycle things just because it's been around since, you know, forever. And that, I think that wall, I don't know if it's the original wall of death, but there is somebody that does one of these shows that has like the original wall of death from back in the twenties or something like wow. that. And I don't know if it's the uh, the Ives brothers or not, but yeah, I, it's just one of those things that it would be cool, you know, to have somebody yeah. to snatch a dollar out of your teeth right, since, and like give you
1: like a shirt or yeah, like their underwear. Like yeah,
0: exactly, like, it's I so hard, it's, hard, it's hard to take off your underwear while you're riding. Yeah, period. Well, while but you're doing riding, it, doing it on the wall of death. I mean, that's even like crazier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Oliver Peck is also going to be there tattooing um, both days. So I thought that was pretty cool. Who knows how you can actually get on the list. Right. He, you get
0: in line for three hours, like I'm saying. Yeah. And yeah. He'll do like a five minute, uh, like little flash. And then he's like, all right, next. I'm like, I got to get through this line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I heard he tattoos with his um, toothpick. Like he just hmm. blots it, you know, with. The ink and then just does it with his toothpick
0: like a toothpick he just pulls it out of his mouth and does it
1: yeah hmm. yeah um, another one that this place is my favorite always is um, garage 79 mm. which is on highway 79 out here in Temecula and like Warner Springs on July 9th they're having a vintage car and motorcycle show and um, so that's out past Warner Springs Inn, Dot yeah. Rally. And- I've been
0: I've been by there. It wasn't open when I passed it, but it looks super cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Wiggins and I had stayed in Julian. Uh, he was Big Spoon. I was Little Spoon, unfortunately. But we woke up in the morning and cruised out and it wasn't open yet. But it le- it looks like just, just the way it looks is cool. So yeah. I imagine that if they've got food and beer there, it's an awesome place to check out.
1: They do. They have like, um. there's like an old Oldsmobile on the top of the building. And I think it used to be a 76 gas station because before it was even built uh, or re- set up for Garage 79, there was a 76 ball behind the building and it's it's not there anymore but i did get to see that and um i mean it was like as tall as me like five six yeah no they're huge
0: right because when they're up in the air they look tiny but when they're they're down on the ground they're gigantic right
1: yeah and so they do they have food vendors and um it's like a bottle shop and um taps uh, it's just yeah, it's a super cool place. Yeah, you can, have-
0: and you can tell it was an old service station just by the way the building looks. It's so cool. That's such a cool uh, like transformation, you know, idea to turn it from a service station to to that sort of um, you know, bar and grill. Yeah,
1: and he still it's still really preserved too. It has still that feel to it. Yeah,
0: nice something the, like something off of Route sixty six or something.
1: Right. Right that's on my list I feel lame I've not really done much route 66 but um, the last really cool event I have on my list is um, bro or babes right out 10 they tickets went on sale for Central Coast which isn't happening until September 15th through the 17th. And that's out by Santa Barbara at Live Oak Campground.
0: Ooh, I've been there. I've camped there, dude. That really? campground
1: is sick. Yeah, I haven't been there, but yeah, what is it like,
0: dude? It, it, it's nice because you're you are on. If I remember, if it's, if this is the one I'm thinking of, you are just minutes from the beach. Like there's you're on the you're on the east side of the freeway, but the beach, the little road to get across to the beach goes like under the freeway. It's in trees. So even in the even in the hottest of summers, uh, it's still pretty cool because A, you're that close to the coast, and B, you're under the trees. Um, so you got like nice shade. Um, and if it's the one I remember, if it's live oak, I think they have tent campgrounds, they have cabins, and they have yurts. So I mean, just you can glamp, camp, or cramp, however you whatever you feel like.
1: Yeah, that's I haven't been to that one. Um But that should be pretty cool. The tickets are one hundred and twenty-five dollars per person, but you get all you can drink, eight hundred five beer, the yard games, um, and you know, bonding with all the chicks. Yeah, a goodie bag.
0: That's worth one hundred twenty-five dollars there, but yeah, but I'm not allowed to go, so whatever.
1: I think if you identify, there you go, as a female, you can go.
0: You saw me. You think th- you think I could pass like someone's this short and green, like yeah, kind of greenish. I could pass I, like,
1: think so. Yeah, just a wig. I think you can be like a f- female oompa loompa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Remember yeah. when E. T. put that wig on and he looked like an old lady? <laughs> like I, love I could,
1: that movie.
0: I could pull that. That's exactly almost how I'd look, except instead of a little brown turd, I look like a little green turd. (laughs) We'll see.
1: I think you can pull it off. You should try.
0: I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. We can go.
1: You can be my backpack to that, too.
0: Hell yes. And I'll get us a Can-Am. Yeah. I will get us a Can-Am just so we can do a road (laughs) test on it.
1: This is going to be fun. Nice.
0: Nice. Well, and you'll have to do my makeup for me because that I cannot fake. Um, and I let my daughter do my makeup. I, granted, she was like seven years old, but I looked like a fucking parrot when she was done. And I don't think that'll. <laughs> I, don't, I think I mean make me more conspicuous. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so oh, hey, there's daughter. some dumb. There's some dumb stuff coming up. And you know what? Hey, before I get to my list, I wanted to say. <sighs> Of all the weird things, you know, okay, there's CARB, California Air Resources Board, and it fits perfectly in with carbureted cars, right? Then there's RACE, which was a um, – it was a bill to protect race cars, and it was like the racing aftermarket car uh, enforcement law or some shit. Some, I forget exactly what it stood for, but, but – Congress is so good at – and and a lot of governments are so good at making a stupid acronym that's appropriate to what they uh, are doing their laws for, right? You would have thought Babes Ride Out made it like Babes Ride Abroad or Babes Ride About or something so that it's spelled bra, right? I mean, am I just – am I – isn't it so like non sequitur that it's bro and it's a bunch of women? I don't know, but I'm just – I figured
1: it yeah. you know,
0: I don't know. Bra would have been such a much more funny, funnier one. But you know, I don't know. Maybe I, I
1: don't think most of us like to wear bras. I think like that's
0: probably why they didn't when go with it. when you
1: ride without a bra. Yeah. It's it's feels good, but it's weird too. Yeah. I gotta start doing
0: it and stuff. see how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. So um so here's the dumb stuff coming up. Should I play that music again? Should we make Yeah
1: some? yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. So guys now Prepare to be depressed as Junkie leads you his list of shitty shit that's coming up on the next. <laughs> right. Okay, so here's here. This this may be crappy. You have you you're cool. I'm fool. My foolish events that you can go to is uh, June seventeenth. The Women's Moto Show is coming back to SoCal, baby. Yay. Um, and it's going to be an Auto Conduct, which I've never heard of. Um, I've heard of Lucky Wheels where it's been before. I've heard of House of Machines, which isn't there, but it's where the last one in LA was. I've heard of the Container Yard, which I would would have expected that's where like the you know that's where it would be. But Auto Conduct, I've never heard of. And if Auto Conduct is another name for the Container Yard, I'm going to feel really stupid because this address doesn't look familiar to me either. But it's at 12, uh, 1219 or twelve nineteen South Santa Fe Boulevard in LA. And if this is the Container Yard. You can slap me in the face next time you see me in person, but um, that's where the OG, like the Outliers Guild shows were, and there was a lot of shows on there. It's a really cool space, but I don't know if that's where this is. So Auto Conduct, wherever it is, uh, or whatever it is, uh, it's happening this Saturday, June seventeenth. Uh, it's twenty five bucks to get in if you pre order, I think, and thirty five at the gate. So if you don't want, if there's four of you going and you don't want to spend over hundred bucks, you know, I was thinking of taking the fam. Uh, you know, and if I want to do it for under a hundred bucks, I better uh, do it online. Um, but yeah, that's going to be women's art, women's, um, motorcycle builds, um, women's games. And I think you can play the games even if you're a guy, but, uh, yeah, a lot of women, uh, women, um, Based vendors. There's going to be, uh, last time I went, uh, Jesse Coombs, you know, was at the last Lucky Wheels one that I went to yeah. teaching welding. Um, and I think they're going to have welding and pinstriping and metal work and stuff like that going on, just like they did at the last one I went to. So that should be super fun. So, and it's all women led. So this is really, really cool. Um, and again, that's happening, uh, this Saturday at auto conduct, um, June 24th through 26, uh, born free 14 is happening at Oak Canyon ranch in Silverado, California. It is 20 bucks to get in and get in. You shall, um, my landlord, by the way, inherited a chopper from his friend was bickering with him about it for a long time. Finally got it. I think it's, a, it's an old triumph chopper. Uh-huh. And I know back in the sixties and seventies triumphs were, like a really popular bike to chop my wife's dad had a triumph chopper and a few guys that i used to be into hot rods with back when i lived in san diego they their grandpa had a triumph chopper and i don't know what it was the deal it was like triumph and harley were like the only two surviving brands i guess of motorcycles really at that time that they, they had twins um and so i think that's why they picked them. i mean honda had to have had twins too but nobody wants to chop a honda for some reason you know you and your um you and your ally in World War II was still cool to <laughs> make choppers out of your bikes. So nobody's going <laughs> to chop a Japanese bike or a German bike. Right. So yeah, Honda, uh, there was a lot of Harleys and a lot of Triumph choppers. He got the sweet tri- uh, Triumph chopper from God. I think it was like from the late seventies, early eighties. He, I think he was planning on me going down there with him. And, uh, so yeah, it was kind of, I was, a, I was very flattered. Like, yeah. And, uh, and he doesn't even know we have this podcast, you know, if he, Yeah. Why would I tell my landlord I'm running a a show out of your house, (laughs) good sir? But, uh, but yeah, so he was all stoked to go down there and and he was asking me about it, 20 bucks. So that, 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 uh, that'll be cool. I hope he gets to go down there and show it off a little bit. He might not have a grass pass and I don't even know if they did grass passes this year, but 20 bucks to get in. That's like next to nothing. So, yeah,
1: I think there's even, I think if you're a veteran too, you, yeah, discount. So bring your card.
0: Yeah. If you're a veteran, I think if you were in the show Sons of Anarchy, I know that that limits a lot of us, but I think if you're a cast member on there, you get in for cheaper. And if you're active military, um, I don't know about police or any of that stuff, but yeah, I know they do have discounts. You're right. But yeah, man, that's gonna be, that'll be fun. It's 24th, 25th, and 26th. So Friday through Sunday, they always have like tons of um vendors and lots of music. And then of course just thousands of bikes. It's crazy. Uh, June 25th, the SoCal cycle swap meet is happening at long beach Veterans stadium. That happens the last Sunday of every month. Um, and I was looking at some of the last stuff from the, uh, May and man, there was some good, good stuff there. Uh, and a lot of time it was raining this whole winter. Normally it's kind of sunny, but this last few months, um, just with the inundation of rain that we had, I think the turnout was pretty small. So this is this weekend isn't forecasted at least where I am to be very sunny, which is kind of perfect. You don't want to go out there and get sunburned. You don't want it to be a thousand degrees, but you don't want it to be yeah. you know fifty either, right? So I think this weekend is going to be a perfect weekend down there at Long Beach to go check out the uh, SoCal Cycle Swap, and if you have passes to Born Free, it's not too far. Uh, Silverado is not that far from Long Beach, maybe an hour. Uh, if you're on a chopper, it might be a couple more hours, but yeah, I don't know how fast choppers go. But yeah, check it out. It's at Veterans Stadium in Long Beach, um, and then going moving into July, uh, there's a couple things happening in July at uh, Laguna Seca. July 7th through 9th, the uh, Moto America races are coming, and Speed Fest is going to be happening at Laguna Seca, which is in Monterey, California. There's going to be all sorts of racing up there from the Moto America classes, the Super Twins class, you know, all the Medallia. Medallia uh, Superbikes, the the Junior Cup, all that fun jazz, plus the twins and a couple more uh, side races. Um, the weekend after that, I don't have this on our notes, but the weekend after that is going to be the Classic Speed Fest and Arma, which is the American Historic Racing Motorcycle Association. They're going to be up there uh, with their classic uh, festival the net very next weekend. So if you don't, if you're not into like the modern crap right now, wait till the next weekend and go see some vintage and classic stuff. It's going to be pretty cool, and then. We'd be remiss if we didn't miss this uh, mention this one August 3rd through 14th. That's a uh, two two weeks Sturgis number 83 is happening and um yeah, I mean yeah. what a what a that's like America's rally right there in my uh in my opinion, you know what I'm saying? Like Sturgis it is. is yeah, I've never been. Have you been?
1: Yeah, I think like I feel like we talked about it, but I don't know, we talked yeah, about Yeah, you did so much. I think
0: you did mention it. Yeah. I,
1: yeah, I went to the 81st, but like yeah that's right what sucks for me though is like it's always the same week that my kids start school so um there's that yeah but, kids yeah. you
0: love them but you can't sell I know. them you i'm can't, gonna have
1: to like strap yeah. them to me and bring them or something oh my know.
0: god mom of the year m-o-t-y yeah. right now i, I nominate you
1: I'm gonna get a little trailer and I'll just have
0: them lay down in the back. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And they do make trailers that attach to your bike. So and your bike's badass, by the way. We'll have to talk about it uh, maybe, maybe later in another episode. Um yeah, let's uh let's hit some let's hit some music here. Might take a quick break and come back with some creative writing. With more creative writing. We're already we're already 42 minutes into creative writing. So I know. let's uh oh yeah, this is gonna be good. I don't have to put my own music in here. We'll be right back, folks, with some more creative writing, right after this. All right, folks, we are back, and... Uh, speaking of guys standing up there was this um, device i got my friend called wizbiz and it was basically this product out of australia so ladies could stand a uh, pee standing up and i thought <laughs> that's perfect for motorcyclists on uh, road trips because i'm yep. sure it's kind of weird to squat in a bush if you, if you if you can go for it but if there's no bushes then yeah just stand up and no, no one will mm-hmm. suspect a ladies pee i saw a guy pee when i was riding home yesterday <laughs> I was laughing about it. Hey, guess who didn't do the proper? Uh, oh no, I did. I did. I I I muted my phone, or I put it on silence. But since it was an alarm, it's like no, you don't.
1: Oh uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Sorry about that noise, everybody. Junkie was. I did. I did do podcast protocol, but my my alarm is important.
1: I thought so. Um Tobar was trying to sneak back in.
0: He's disassembled. Johnny got to see him. Johnny's actually seen Tobar. One of the skins, his summer skin, which has the beach, you know, I think you, I sent you a picture of that, the nipples mm-hmm. and the, uh, yeah. yeah, that's one of the skins that goes over. It's a prototype skin that goes over the So you don't have to see the mechanical workings underneath, but yeah, no Tobor, he's, he's been down, he's been up and down. I try, I put him again, mock him up, set him up, talk to him, take him apart. We're, I'm trying to get him dialed in this summer so that he, A, he quits trying to kill me and B, he's a good <laughs> uh, co-host, uh, come future. Because we plan on doing this in person now and then, so yes, yeah, hell yeah. So hey, let's get into um, now that we're like three hours into this episode. Let's get into uh, the news. And I luckily there's only I only have one news article on here, and I think you have the same one. Yep. And to me, it's one of the most important ones. The Isle of Man TT wrapped up uh, this past weekend after the fort, the famous fortnight. Um, lots of racing and lots of, of, uh, my God, I just, I can't tell you how many records were set, uh, at the Isle of Man this year. It was so, so crazy. Um, and I'll talk about uh, talk about them in a minute. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to talk about? I know you said you even looked up some of this stuff. Is there anything that you got from your recap, uh, view?
1: Um, I did look, um, I'm not going to lie. Like last episode when you mentioned the... The TT racing and Isle of Man, like I did not have any idea what you're talking about. So, oh my I'm sure god, that's yeah. Gonna sound super lame, but yep, yeah. Bye. I know. Yeah, there,
0: everybody, I hung up on Kim. She doesn't know, <laughs> but she thinks she's still talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really,
1: <winning. laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but no, no. I mean, it looked really cool. Like seeing how fast those guys, that just freaks me out. So yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. My, the main takeaway I took from it was that Channing Tatum was there.
0: Yeah. I know.
1: And (laughs) he was, I like just, you know, there watching or whatever, but I saw lots of pictures of him. So that was kind of. He
0: was in leathers too. So that makes me think he probably rode around. There's, there's a day there between the, the Sunday between practice and racing is called like super Sunday. Maybe it's the Monday. Maybe it's mad Monday. Mm -hmm. They let everybody that's visiting the island go around the course. Like, so let me tell tell you a little bit. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about it. So it's two weeks long. And every day up until four o'clock, it's a regular island. People are driving, just like Hawaii. People are driving around doing business like normal. At four o'clock, they shut it down. uh, And then the racing begins. And they clear everybody off the road and they have all the stewards and everything check in. And they check the... The you gotta imagine that this is a uh can you hear that ghetto bird behind me too, by the way? No. Good. These microphones really are pretty good. So they have the the island is obviously part of it's at sea level. Like the shore area is obviously at sea level because it comes out of the ocean, but it has a huge mountain. Um I, I forget how many I don't think it's very tall, but it's, it's different weather down at the bottom. It could be totally sunny. And on the mountain, it could be totally overcast and visibility to be six feet. And when you're doing 200 miles an hour, six feet of visibility is not enough. So sometimes the races get canceled And this year. One of the, the, uh, I think the practice got pushed back. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of, uh, a little bit of background is that it's on an, uh, on an Island with different, um, like I said, there could be different, uh, uh weathers and also it's normally as just a normal functioning town or island until four o'clock on on during that that fortnight. So race uh the the you have to qualify and you have to get at least two laps on the bike. Well this year they made some special dispensation or special accommodations for Connor Cummins who lives on Isle of Man has raced the TT you know, many times before, I don't know if hundreds, but lots. Um, and he actually like won a couple, like in 2007 or something like that. So obviously Mm -hmm. he knows his way around it. He lives on that Island and he races there almost every year, but he was sick. And so that's why, and he even had to get like an IV the day that he rolled out. I think wow. he pulled fourth or fifth. He had an IV that morning. He was feeling like total shit. And, and they let him on even though he hadn't practiced. Peter Hickman was another guy that um, hadn't practiced, but he has also raced there a bunch. And um, I think his bike was out of commission. That's why he didn't practice. It's like his bike was down or he didn't have – He one of them had a mechanical failure and he couldn't get back on and do enough laps. So there's a lot of rules to how it works. But if you've been there before in your racer, they'll give you – a little bit of leeway, which is I think common sense. Yeah. So practice takes a week and then racing takes a week. Um, and it was pretty insane. Um, your what do you say? Your takeaway was just the speeds they were doing, right? Oh
1: uh, yeah. I mean I did look up, you know, the records that were broken and things like that. And then I just kind of looked at the history a little bit, but yeah. I think briefly. it started
0: in like nineteen
1: 19- like
0: Oh, seven oh, or something like that.
1: Yeah, that, that sounds, yeah, it's like a hundred, just a little over a hundred years old, the race. Yeah. yeah. The only time
0: it didn't run was during World War II. I think it, I think it ran during World War, World War I, but I don't think it ran during World War II or COVID. And those are the only two times in its history that it hasn't ran. So this is like on the 107th or 109th yeah, or right. something like that. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so basically, the weather was a little bit nuts. One, one of the practices got pushed back. It might have been the first night. But then after that, it was sunny and like 70s or some shit like that. And uh, so for for also some reference, I'm sure you heard or read about Michael Dunlop. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that name popped up a bunch. Well, his uncle, Joey Dunlop, um, this is a racing family from Ballymoney, Ireland, And his uncle Joey still has to this day the record number of wins at 26 on the Isle of Man. And unfortunately, he got killed. He got killed in Estonia on his 250, um, racing his 250 of all things. Um, Yeah. So these guys, these fools race. And and the Isle of Man TT used to be part of MotoGP, but in the 1970s, like Giacomo Agostini was the last one to win there. When it was part of the, um, when it was part of the, uh, MotoGP schedule and they're like, dude, people die. Like on average, three people die every year. I think I only heard about one person this year, but last year, I mean, on average, three people die. I, I, I only heard about one this year and maybe there was some I didn't hear about, but I know at least one person died this year. Last year it was three or four. I mean, it was pretty bad last year, but the weather was terrible last year too. I
1: saw um when I was reading a little bit about it like yeah not to get all like morbid but I did see yeah that the total fatalities I, I don't know if this was counting you know this year or not was 267. <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. A yeah. Little dramatic piano just for that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's massive and I mean if you think that it's only been going on for a hundred something years and yeah, they have had 267 true. deaths like that's yeah that's I'm pretty call gnarly.
1: My trusty calculator.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. it's a lot. And I think it is three an average of three per year. So hopefully, hopefully there was just that one this year. Um and so here's the deal. Michael Dunlop, his whole family raced, his uncle Joey raced, and like I said, he still holds the record till today at 26 wins. Um there was like Superstock One, Superstock Two, Super Sport One, Super Sport Two. Twins one, twins two, and then like super TT or like the senior TT. So there's like six races uh, every every week, and you can race all six of them. So you can win six times in a in a week if you wow. can. And so that's the thing is it like it doesn't mean he raced twenty six years there in one, even though he did race for he raced into like his late forties, I think. Um, but it still takes. Like you're still, you still are racing like hundreds of other guys and to qualify for Isle of Man, usually you have to, you have to, you can't just go there and race. You have to be vetted. You have to race road racing circuits. You have to race. You have to do a few laps at the Isle of Man and get your laps scrutinized and come within like a hundredth of a second of the slowest guy or like the 10th slowest guy. There's like a whole thing to allow you to race there because it's so dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. so joey michael dunlop's uncle joey they him and his him and, and michael dunlop's dad and eventually michael and his brother they raced road racing circuits and in and in there in the uk we say road racing here and in, in america and we mean like a circuit like like circuit of the Americas or like road atlanta where quote it's road racing but it's really circuit. it's a circuit racing it's closed circuit there's no traffic it's not a public street you know but we call it road racing cuz it kind of looks like a it's like emulates a road but over there they actually road race the northwest 200 the tanderi 100 um the Cock of the king of the cock or something like that. What?
1: Yeah. They, now you yeah. got my attention.
0: Yeah, yeah, now you do. Cock of the cock of the hill, I think is what it's called. <laughs> and um and there's an and there's one a couple more that I can't think of, but it's, it's Northern Ireland and you're racing on public streets like Rich King Glen Richard or something like that. There's a bunch. There's a bunch of them, and you're racing on public roads. And the Isle of Man is is the like penultimate, like the the biggest, not penultimate, but like the 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 apex, right? The, the yeah. zenith. What's another word that means like the peak? The peak. Um. So you race all these races on public streets, and then you go to the Isle of Man, and that one is just the biggest. It's like thirty seven. Miles a lap 37.35 or some shit like that. So it's like a massive lap So for just like a little bit of reference Uh, michael dunlop his uncle joey was king of the mountain. They still call him and um He's won 26 times there at isle of man, but he died doing road racing in, in estonia on you know doing public road racing Uh, that was 2000 2000 or 2001 in 2008 Michael Dunlop's father died racing his 250 in, um, I want to say at 10 degree in Ireland or something like that, uh, or, or the Northwest 200, one of the, one of the Irish road races and Michael didn't know. And he went on to win the race and then he dedicated it to his father. I think he was in the same race with his dad and he went on to win
1: Wow. and
0: found out after he had won the race that his dad fucking died, you know? Holy shit. Yeah. And his dad had already had a really bad accident like years before that. And he had a special, uh he couldn't move his leg because he crashed so fucking bad. I mean, you're doing 150 miles an hour easily on public roads. And I mean, you know, you know, like curbs and fucking posts. Yeah. And shit. Like, yeah. So... Um, when his dad died, his dad had a special lever made, um, he had the clutch and the brake, um, on the same lever because Mm -hmm. his arm got all fucked up and his leg got all fucked up. Um, and so he had both on the left side. So he had the, you know, you, you normally have the clutch on the left side, but he also had the front brake on the left side and something happened. I forget exactly. Oh, his, his fucking engine seized. Uh, and he went to pull in the clutch so that he wouldn't fucking skid and eat shit. He was going 155 miles uh, miles an hour. And instead of pulling in the clutch, he grabbed the brake and flipped over the bars at 155 miles an hour. Man. And the guy right behind him was so close that he couldn't do anything and he hit him. And he ate shit into the trees. Luckily, that guy survived. But- you know, Michael Dunlop's dad died un- unfortunately. So, and he, like I said, he went on to win that race, and then learned that his dad had died, and, and he dedicated it to his dad. Mm. Um, and then, ten years later, in two thousand eighteen, so just a f- couple years ago, his fucking brother died on his Yamaha R one, doing a warm up lap at another race, like 10 degree or something like that. I think one of the other Irish road races. So, Michael Dunlop is a man of Legend already because of his family. He's the last racer in his family. Everyone else has died, unfortunately. So to see this kid go out there, and he's only like, 30, he's in his like maybe late 30s now or mid 30s. I think mm-hmm. he's like 36, maybe. So like mid 30s. But he's been racing since he was so little that his dad had to hold him up on his motorcycle and push him to start, you know? And he said, don't stop until the, la- until the finish line because right. you can't put your feet down. So he's been racing since he was that little and he's been winning since he was that little. So he's this really is like this, this, um, this shot out uh, on the TT was his chance to tie his uncle Joey uh, Dunlop's records. Um, and unfortunately, he didn't do it. He started off super strong. And, uh, he won the super sport TT race one Mm -hmm. and he won the super, uh, the, the twins race one. Uh, he won the super sport TT race two and super sport is six hundreds basically, uh, like race prep six hundreds. So he, he won race one and two of those like totally shut the door. I think he was 10 seconds ahead of Peter Hickman and Dean Harrison, which are the three names you're going to hear like all weekend. Um, he won the first twins race and I think him and, uh, I think him and Peter Hickman and Dean Harrison um, podiumed uh, on those two. He won the super. He won the um, first superbike race, uh, the superbike TT, which superbikes are race prepped 1000s, um, and then the superstock TT he hasn't been touched like in the last few years, but this year Peter Hickman came and shut him down. Peter Hickman won super stock one and super stock two. Now super stock is basically a thousand CC bike, but it's like, it's like if you took a Harley and went to the, sh- went to um just got it off the showroom and kind of stripped it a little bit for racing, but it's still basically a stock Harley. That's kind of like super stock where the super bike, that's like the that's like if you've got a Harley bagger with like carbon wheels, you know, you the the, the uh, even the saddle bags are like chopped down and they're made of carbon fiber, and like the thing is like. V- running the screaming Eagle engine kit with like, you know what I'm saying? That's the difference between super stock and super bike is like one, you could take like a bike off the showroom and kind of race prep it a little bit. But the other one is like a purpose built machine. So he's been pretty untouchable in the super stocks. But unfortunately this year, Peter Hickman smoked him both times and he came in second and it was Hickman Dunlop and Harrison. Again, like I said, those three names just kept popping up on the podium all weekend long. Uh, and then Michael Dunlop did win the super twins and that put him at 23. So now he's only, uh, actually that was like, uh, when he won the two super, uh, super stocks, um, I'm sorry that when he won the, uh, the two super bikes, that was like when like 22 and 23, when he won the super twins, that was like number 24. And he was on point to, to, if he could win the two, um, the two super... Well, he won the super bike and that was like number 23. So if he won the two super stocks, it would be like 24 and 25 and then he had to win one super twin and he would be tied with his uncle. The problem is uh Peter Hickman blew him away on the super stocks and then his bike shit out. He won the super twins race one, but then his bike shit out on the first lap of super wins, super twins race two. So unfortunately he came in, I think with 21 or 20 wins, uh, for the year, they were thinking he was going to take all six this weekend and he only took, uh, three of them. So he's, he's at 23 now, but that's what next year is for. And, um, and you know, he can always match his uncles here. He's matched with John, um, McGinnis right now, who is 123. So him and John McGinnis are like, in that special bracket of people that have won 23. So next year, if he can come back and do the same sort of stuff, he can tie his uncle and maybe even break his uncle's, um, uh, world record. And I mean, this is crazy. 26 wins at this place is crazy to begin with. The other news is that like, yeah, the lap times, they broke some crazy records by doing 130 mile an hour laps, just like a couple of years ago. That was the biggest, Oh my God, they're doing 130 mile an hour laps average speed, which means they're hitting like close to 200 on a lot of the straights cause they get down to some corners where they're only doing like 10, 10 miles an hour around uh-huh. the corner. There's like a couple of hairpins and I don't know if you saw it in the footage that you're watching, but there's some where they're down to, they gotta be at 10 miles an hour. They're going barely fast enough to have the bikes lean over. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, if you consider that's their lowest speed, the top speed, um, I think Peter Hickman. Yeah. Uh, broke the 200 mile an hour through the Solby straight uh, speed trap this year. And Mike uh, Michael Dunlop did a 199.993 like nine nine three or something like he was almost at 200 going through that. And it's just crazy to think that these guys are on kind of like stock bikes doing a mm-hmm. hundred, like 200 miles an hour, you know uh, through the speed trap and the six hundreds are doing that speed too. They were not far off from the super bikes this year. Um, so 600 CCs, a thousand CCs, it doesn't really matter when you're wide open and all the technology that's on the bikes this year, um, yeah, it really didn't didn't matter. It was pretty cool that they were able to uh, break some new records. Sidecars this year beat 120 mile an hour average lap time uh, for the first time, and I think it was Peter Hickman. Michael Dunlop set 135 uh, during practice, but he didn't do that during the race. I think Peter Hickman broke 135 uh, during the race this year. Yeah, uh.
1: I yeah, like 136 just a okay
0: little okay yeah. yeah so so 136 yes yeah. so totally records were just falling all over the place this year and so it's kind of insane how good of a year this was the weather was perfect um like this might not happen next year because next year the uh might rain for half of it and they race in the rain just not if and not if there's clouds where you can't see Cause even in the rain, they're still going like 180, you know, they, they drop it back like 20 miles an hour, (laughs) but so yeah, they still need to be able to see like miles ahead, but if it's raining, they'll still race as long as visibility, uh, is okay on the mountain. So yeah, so we might not see this, uh, these lap times again, unless the weather stays like this uh, for a couple more years. But yeah, it was insane. I'm glad you got to like look into it too, because the Isle of Man, is one of those races that holds like, there's a lot of endurance races and there's a lot of road races around the world. But for some reason, the Isle of man probably just cause it's the longest one has been like one of the like craziest race. It's like considered one of the craziest races on earth. Um, just because it's so dangerous, you know, Harley used to go over there back in the twenties. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of manufacturers went over there in the 20s and Excelsior was an American brand too that would go over there.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, they would race because part of it was uh, when you when you raced in those competitions, it proved that your bike had, um, it was kind of like a, a longevity test. They didn't have like factories where you'd stick your bike on a treadmill and run it for like 24 hours with no right. oil and see if it, so they would go to do shit like this and they do like the cannonball run across from from coast to coast and see if the bike made it. They'd go to do these endurance tests, which didn't exist here in the states, but they did in Europe. So they'd ship the bikes over there on fucking steamers and race over there and see if they could finish because it was a big, it was a big um, accomplishment to even finish those races. And this is back before the roads were paved over there, so you could imagine how fucking sketchy that was, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah yeah is it's it's awesome man i i I'm glad that you gotta check into it one of these days I hope they have um like harley baggers over there you know what I mean like they they cool. there could be a class over there they could make it if enough people show interest they could do it like an exhibition class mm-hmm. but um uh, but yeah well hey are you ready to get into this slog of uh our our, our main topic we're heading toward yeah. main topic time you ready for it? I am should we do some more should we do this music again
1: it's totally up to you I do like <laughs> the music
0: <laughs> I don't know how long it goes on but we're about to get to a main yeah, topic I like- hope you got the time to listen to Kim and Junkie prattle on about some rides in California <laughs> 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 alright gosh I'll probably edit that out those are, no, those are fucking, so cute <laughs> Fucking. <lame. laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's get into the California rides uh, stuff now that we're an hour in. This ought to, This we ought to. We'll probably have this wrapped up in a, in a half an hour for you, so don't worry, folks. But California rides episode episode three hundred. Both of us have just recently done some epic California rides. Uh, you an actual cool one. Me, I had to torture one of our listeners and had to make him uh, drink tiki drinks with me. But. Uh, Needless to say, California, there's a reason people love riding here and we're about to get into it. So let's take a trip back in the time machine and I'll probably put some rad time machine uh, sound effects right here. Note to self, put time machine effects here so you don't just sound like an idiot saying this and then don't do it. (laughs) Um, All right. So California, California, as you and I know, hey, before we even get into this, were you born here? I was. I was born in Escondido. Bro, we're going to talk about Escondido. Hey, nice. What the hell? So California is a state known for its coastlines, its mountains, and its endless sunshine. Except for if you come this this year, right? I think <laughs> it's home to Ho- it still. <laughs> yeah, when is it going to get sunny? It's almost the middle of June, for Pete's sake. Um, it is the home to Hollywood and Silicon Valley, which are two very famous places here in the state. But that's not it. To the north lie these wondrous redwood forests and rocky sea cliffs. The Central Valley is home to one of the most fertile areas in the state and the Sierra Nevadas. The Mediterranean-esque climate in the southern part is often – it often creates perfect year-round weather. San Diego named America's finest city because of that climate and the vibe.
1: But you know, lately, yeah. lately I've been hearing it called like the Well's Vagina or something, which I – yeah. Like, I've heard a few people say this. I'm like, what? And Don't then you know I what heard, San Diego means? Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me.
0: The whale's vagina. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which Did then I ever- thought that was from um, Anchorman. It's for, yeah, it's from the movie Anchorman. Yeah.
0: It actually means St. James. Everybody thinks San Diego means St. Doug. There was actually an album put out with a bunch of San Diego artists on it called St. Doug, but they didn't research what Diego meant. It's basically like (laughs) James. So it means St. James in Spanish, Uh, not St. Doug's assholes. Do your research. (laughs) Um, So yeah, this state, as you and I both know, uh, just riding down to see you this weekend, I got to see these. The state has some of the most varied landscapes comprising dense forests, like we said, up to the north, lowland plains, which you'll find in the central coast, and even now, I guess out east, steep, rugged mountain ranges, which also lead to equally steep and rugged uh, valleys in between those, and deserts. And it contains both the highest and the lowest points in the contiguous United States, with Death Valley apparently being the lowest point in all of North America at negative 82 meters or 282 feet below sea level. And I looked, that's from the North Pole all the way down to the Panama Canal. Uh, Death Valley is the lowest spot. I thought like maybe Argentina Salt Flats would have something on it or some of those deserts down there, the Atacama Desert, I think that's down there. Uh-huh. But no, Death Valley is the lowest. And then Mount Whitney, which is in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, of course, it's the United States. It's in California. <laughs> Uh, that's the highest peak at 14 something, I think. And they're um,
1: right across from each other. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And, and
0: I I swear to God, if you go pound on your bed right now, if you have like a comfort, one of those nice fluffy comforters, if you go pound on it, the hole that your fist makes will <laughs> raise up the blanket right next to it. And you'll you'll understand why. <laughs> <laughs> like the way the earth's crust ripples is very much like a, like fabric, man. And so it's not, I, I, it, does, it makes sense to me that they're the highest and lowest right next to each other. It's like a wave, you know, yeah. you have the crest and then the trough and that's just how it works. So, um, yeah. So the name California also, I don't know if anybody from California actually knows this shit, but the name California can actually be attributed to a 15th century romance novelist from Spain, of all places. Uh, I'm going to say this how they said to pronounce it. It's uh, G-A-R-C-I, but they pronounce it Garthi Rodriguez de Montalbo. He was a Castilian author, uh, Castile Castile. area of Spain being a very specific region. Uh, he He wrote a series of novels about Amadis of Gaul, uh, or Amadís of Gaul, who which was a trilogy. And it was originally written in the 14th century by some unknown author, but he kind of reworked it. He, he rewrote it and then worked in a fourth book, uh, which was a sequel called uh, Las Sergas de Esplandian. And I, I don't know what Sergas means. Uh, I have no idea. But Esplandian it turns out, was this knight uh, from the Spanish... Um, it was a sh- cavalier period. So that means like they were uh, like mounted knights, like knight- knights on horseback. And so this was a Gaul night, uh, a knight uh, night. Um, garlic night? Gar- a garlic night. And if you ever had garlic night over here at <laughs> Junkie's house, you know, you're in for a blast. It's like Picklebacks, but with garlic.
1: Yay. Mm. I'm
0: down. Pickleback, also the worst Canadian band I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, so this dude writes this book in the 14th century, and it's a sequel to this original one. And the original one was like this. Um, well, we'll get into it. Uh, basically, he cre- in the sequel he created this island of women, and this is a quote from the book: uh, "This this island of women quote without any man among them, for they live in the manner of the Amazons." End quote. And the place was called the Island of California. So what he had done is he had taken this. Um, I guess. The 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 main like trilogy was like a huge um huge deal in the Iberian Peninsula or like the Iberian region, which is Portugal and Spain, where all the Gauls used to live. Um, it was a huge uh like it was almost like like Merlin and the Knights of Camelot are to England was Amadis or Amadis, however the hell you say it. That was like this to the Gauls, and so he tacks on this fourth book about this. Uh, this guy that like beats off, and I, I don't literally mean that. Uh, I was getting he, excited for him. Yeah, he, he defeats this Amazon chick. So he writes this crazy this crazy book about it. So there was a wave of romance novels that swept the Iberian region, but Las Sergas de Esplandian was one of the main ones that influenced influenced the conquistador Hernan Cortez. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Hernan Cortez or heard that song by. Um, was it O Speedy God, Black Emperor? They ha- or maybe it's Built to Spill. They have a song called Cortez the Killer. I mean, this guy was brutal and he was a conquistador, which means he went around and conquested these places that he went to. But it, it, this, this book inspired him to go explore North America and find this fucking island that this guy was bullshitting about. He totally made it up. And the Amazons mm-hmm. were originally Greek- in Greek mythology, there were these huge, beautiful women. Well, I don't think they were huge, but there were these women that were just as good at fighting as the men, so they didn't need men warriors. But they fought with gold and shit. And uh-huh. so, yeah, he he full on wrote that into this book. And so, Hernan Cortez, as you as you imagine, they're looking for El Dorado, right? That's like the whole. If you if you know one thing about Spanish explorers, you know they were looking for the lost city of gold, and it mm-hmm. was prompted by this fuckface over here in Spain back in the 14th <laughs> century. So it's very interesting. But um, so although Cortez sailed to the New World and caught this fuck, this guy literally caused the fall of the Aztec Empire. What he found is that there was no island to find, and so after exploring the Gulf of California, which is also known as the Sea of Cortez, if you uh, live here in California, you might have heard that. Uh, yeah. Many times Yeah That's It's actually The technical name Is the, the Cal, uh, Gulf of California But you'll hear Sia Cortez It's the body of water Or the little inland sea Between the Baja California Peninsula And the actual Like mainland of Mexico It's pretty mm-hmm. uh, It's pretty short It's like the English Channel Sort of thing So uh, Once they discovered Baja California Was a peninsula Because they did their re- They went in there They searched They did their research They did everything And they're like Listen dude This thing is just a peninsula uh, It's Even though they knew it it still showed up as an island on maps all the way into the 18th century, like four centuries. It showed up as an island (sighs) because nobody, nobody cared to do the, do the research. And Spain was the only country at, at the time that had come and moved through South America up into North America. And so that's why South America and a lot of the Southwest has Spanish names. Shit. They were all the way over to Florida. Like literally the English only only inhabited new england like at this time and spain had everything the only problem with that is that um the spanish like claimed everything for them but they only they didn't have very many people so hey you're a you know you're like spanish we're european we're light-skinned you are a dark-skinned native but now you are uh spanish you know because mm-hmm. now now this is our land so that's why a lot of Mexicans that have like dark or tan skin, they're actually pretty much like Native Americans. You know what I'm saying? Like they are native to the continent. And the reason that they are even quote Mexican is because they, Spain just said, hey, this is our land. This is, you're, you're us now. And so it's really, really interesting that there's not that many fair people, fair skinned people in Mexico that are quote Spanish. Um uh, There's a big, there was a big war about a big class war about it in, in Mexico sometimes, uh, depending on um who you talk to, but anyway, we'll, we won't get into that. That's a whole other fucking thing, but um, but yeah, before California was explored or even named for that matter, it already had like a history of its own, obviously. And as of today, California can be split into five periods and then. Much after, long after we're gone, Kim. Long after we've ridden off into the sunset, there'll probably be like a sixth, you know, when aliens came yeah, and took over California, yeah. some shit. Who knows what's going to happen? But um, the first period is the Native American period, which started over ten thousand years ago, all the way up until fifteen forty two. Fifteen forty two is when the Spanish came in and Europeans actually started kind of coming uh, coming across, uh, famously Columbus and all those fuck guy, all those guys coming around this time, and that European period. Lasted from 1542 to 1769. So close to like 250, 300 years, something like that, if my math's right. Mm-hmm. Right after that, you have the Spanish colonial period, which is from the 1760s until the 1820s. So not actually that long. I mean, like we're talking like maybe, is that 80 years? Let's see. That's 40, 60 years. 60 years is uh, about 60 or 70 years. It was the Spanish colonial period. So it seems like a long time and it made a lot of influence, especially here on us in California, but it really didn't last that long. The Mexican Republic, that lasted about 27 years. It was very short and then the United States from 1850 on. Uh, And you'll notice that 1849 isn't mentioned in there. The Mexican Republic was 1821 to 1848, and then the U.S. was 1850 to to now. So there's a year in there called 1849 (laughs) that that happened, and nobody talks about. Uh, But in the time before European exploration, California was still one of the most diverse areas in North America, and that means literally from the North Pole to the current Panama Canal both culturally, linguistically, like so many different tribes through uh, California. And you got to imagine like California, Southern California too, where Mexico and America meet now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There was no border at that time, but there was the Aztec cultures and then the, the what we consider like Native American cultures now so you have native mexico and native california meeting right where we are and man i could imagine that that was like the tra- like a massive trade route cuz even though it wasn't there wasn't a border there and it really you know there's a lot of the tribes that we consider like american down in mexico and there's a lot of mexican tribes up here but the fact that that's where they were weaving together you could imagine like how cultures were uh like mel- melting together and, yeah. in, and in a lot of ways california's still like that i mean i live in a in a, in a part of town where it has like the huge Asian population, a huge Mexican population and a huge, um, you know, white population. And yeah, like everybody's coming together and, and in this one spot and there's like so many different, uh, like, dude, I could walk out and get you. And there's a lot of, um, not so many uh, like Glendale's where a lot of um, Armenian people are, but there's a there's a fair amount over here of Mediterranean and Armenian people. I could literally walk out my, you could tell me like, you could yell out a food at me and I could go get you it right now. Like I swear, I, I live in the best part of fucking town because I can get you any type of food you want. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, obviously. So it's like
1: California is like the, like we're the mutt of the mm, United States.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody always said, um, Oh, yeah, New York, the melting pot, the Big Apple. They were the melting pot because a lot of people came there on uh, boats yeah. from Europe, you know what I'm saying, uh-huh. at the turn of the century. But that's it. Like, Ca- California, it's been happening since before Europeans were even here. The indigenous cultures were doing the same shit. Like, they were migrating and people were, like, mixing here. It was crazy. So, yeah, exactly. We are we are way more diverse than um, even you think of – you know, some of the, like New York and stuff. I don't, they didn't have other people to come pass through there. It was cold ash. Nobody wanted, not even the Native Americans wanted to be in New York in the wintertime, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But here, for us, the influence, the European influence is noticeable today because Spain and Portugal, there's a lot of Spanish names uh, all the way from Baja, California, all the way up to San Francisco. I mean, those two mm-hmm. two city names, you know, Tijuana, the states of Baja, California, um, the state of California. I mean, we're, we're named after Mexican, or I'm sorry, not Mexican, Spanish folklore. And as you know, there's like every other city is na- named after some shit, all the way up to San Francisco where the English explorer, Sir Francis Drake, yeah. uh, would come down. He, he landed in Oregon and sailed south uh, and they presume like he, he was outside of San Francisco. There's a place called Drake's Cove in San Francisco. So he came down and what he did is Queen Elizabeth actually paid him to go from England, travel east to Asia and then travel across the Pacific to America and then travel down to uh, Mexico and travel back. As far as he could, sacking the Spanish galleons, spack, sacking the Spanish trade ships. They didn't. England didn't want. England was is a tiny nation. Spain is huge. If you look at them on a map, England didn't want Spain to have total dominance of the oceans, and so she literally paid this fool to go hijack Spanish shit like all the way. So he so so he followed these Spanish and Portuguese ships around the globe. Um, on their way to Africa on their way to Asia before heading over to here and what the Spanish ships would do is they would sail up catch the trade winds and come across and hit Oregon or, or hit San Francisco monterey area and then head south to Mexico which is where uh, they kind of set up their uh, they kind of set up a whole bunch of um, uh, you know little, things along the way, little Presidios and forts and all that shit down into Mexico. I think Monterey, Mexico was the headquarters for, for Spain, not Monterey, California. I, I don't, I forgot to look at, at which one, but, um, but this fool, so, so Francis Drake did that. He sacked all these ships on the way over to here um, and came down. So, so most of the way, all the way up to Drake's Cove, It's mostly Spanish names, and then from San Francisco, like Napa area north, I I guess they're more like English and Russian and French and all that shit. Um, But yeah, so I mean, we have a huge influence in the California coast. I live um, in Los Angeles area. You live in Temecula. I mean, those are like those are not like English settler names. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and then the Spanish colonial times happened. There's a lot of disputes with Russia, who was coming over. Russia and France were like up in Canada, Uh, hence like a lot of the fur Russian and French fur trappers. If you ever watch, I'm sure you watch that Jason Momoa show where he's like a French or Russian trapper or some shit. You ever see that one? I think it's called Frontier. Oh, you might like Jason Momoa. You might want to watch this show. (laughs) I do, but I'm
1: so bad. There's isn't there one uh, where he's like it's called like Blind or. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna
0: have to look it up now. But this one, I think, is yeah, called I Frontier, wouldn't. and he plays okay. like a fur trapper. And if you ever saw that Leonardo DiCaprio movie Revenant with the, uh, oh, the fur yeah. trapper, like that, this shit it wasn't it wasn't fun and it was crazy. But there was a lot of countries, and all of them were fighting with the natives. Basically, he was like, "Fuck you guys!" So England, France, Russia, they all want a part of the New World, but Spain had taken over most of it, but just with settlements. and and very little settlers. (laughs) So they had a lot of soldiers, but like I said, they would tell the natives, Hey, look, this is Spain. Now you're native. So, all right, you're Spain, you're, you're part of Spain. And so they had a lot of land, but they didn't really have control over it. Most Mexicans, uh, are still dark, like native Mexicans are still dark in complexion because they are not of Spanish descent. They're of native American or Aztec descent. Um, And so that's like, uh, you might hear some stuff. If you're friends with some Mexican guys, you might hear people talk about that sort of stuff. Like, are you part of like, you know, the, the, the culture of like the Aztecs, or are you, you know, are you blue blood, Spanish, whatever? They they sometimes they fight over that stuff. My friend, my friends used to at least <laughs> that were Mexican. Um, so anyways, yeah, so so basically Native Americans were claimed by Spain. So they have a lot of land, but they don't have a lot of people. Spanish settlers were made basically soldiers, and this is a fun part, they raped a lot of the Native women and spread sexually transmitted disease, which is what killed a lot of the Native population. But from what I read, California had a third of the population of Native Americans in the entire country. So if you figure that the other two-thirds were scattered over the rest of the country that wasn't California, I mean, not a lot of people lived in the Great... Um, we did a we did a uh, episode on Bonneville and the Utes that lived in Utah. That's how Utah got its name, but um, there wasn't very many people because there's not a whole lot of shit out there on a salt lake. You know what I'm saying? And in the, in the harsh desert, people did live there, but not that many. Mm-hmm. Um, so California had the brunt of the West Coast's population. So when the, when the Europeans came, they started to die. They got put into missions, and if uh, rape. And uh, STDs don't sound fun. Missions, boy, that sure was fun. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I don't know. Did you have to learn about the missions when you went to school? I
1: think like it's a. I feel like it's a requirement for every elementary yeah. school person in yeah. California, and you what? have to like build a mission. Yeah, yeah. My um, wife teaches fourth
0: grade, and that's California history, and they yeah. always talk about the the uh, Bear Republic. They talk about the. Yeah, they talk about all that shit. That that was a brewery. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it probably is. It probably is. So, yeah, if you lived here, you definitely had to take it. I had to build a mission, I think, when I was in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't know this. I didn't know this. The first missions were actually abandoned uh, down in Mexico. There's a bunch of missions down in in Mexico. And if you ever watch, like, the good and the bad, the ugly, you come across all these little missions and churches that are just like totally deteriorating. I guess that's real because the King of Spain. had had a falling out with the Jesuit order that established the very first missions. And so the missions that are here in California aren't Jesuit missions. They are like Franciscan or Dominican friar. Uh, Those orders, they're they're different. It's basically different orders of the same church, I guess. Um, So the Franciscan... Uh, friars are what built most of the um, California missions. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, and the San Diego Padres, if you want to think of a friar, like with the bald head and like the little, you know, <laughs> friar tuck sort of shit.
1: Yeah.
0: San Diego Padres, Padres means father. And that's, you know, they were fathered you know, like Father Junipero Serra and all those guys that started a lot of the missions. So the missions help the local tribes find God and work on the mission as laborers. That's awesome, right? Sounds like total fun. <laughs> until yeah. you don't. Until you don't want to work on the mission or have sex with an old greasy white, you know, uh, padre. And then, then they would. Um, God, what was the what was the uh, the term they used? They would go collect or. Um, God, I forget the exact term that they were mentioning, but this lawyer from Massachusetts back in the 1830s was like, dude, the ind- indigenous people were treated by slaves like slaves by the Californios. They were not their friend. Like, everyone's like, oh, they were here friendly. They got a better life than living out there in the woods and blah, blah. And they're like, no, they were required to do like whatever you said. They were not they were not co-living they were they were slaves so it was very interesting what the friars and the textbooks said for a long time versus what the natives were saying so despite all that that pretty crummy life most of the cities including la and san francisco started the spanish forts and uh and i actually had a story about temecula i want to tell you too but then it turns out it might have been wrong but the missions and forts they're still here um and to support those missions, they had to build towns around them to get people to move there so that they'd actually have a population. And so basically, like every other city in California has a uh, Spanish name as a result. I think it's kind of kind of weird. And I even used to live in the city uh, uh, near Pasadena called Alhambra. And I was like, what the fuck is Alhambra? And I looked it up and it's Muslim. It's Alhambra something, something. And it means the red, the red tower or the red castle. And um, the Alhambra was a red castle in um, Morocco. And if you know, and think about, I think about—I know shit about geography, but I do, I do know that Morocco is right across from Spain. And the Moors actually conquered the Spanish at one point. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of like Arab uh, architecture in in Spain. Um, and a lot of influence. So even, even having like an Arabic name isn't too crazy. When you think of that Spain came over here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and dominated shit. And the Moors had dominated them previously. You could you could have some crazy Arabic names and it wouldn't be too, too out of the wheelhouse of Spain, you know, doing all this. So anyways, Mexico Mexico had enough of Spain shit, right? And after seeing mm-hmm. the success that America had against Britain, there was no tea to throw because they didn't have a fucking harbor like we did uh, on the East Coast. Uh, but they did, they did say, hey, Spain, listen, uh, fuck you guys. They gained independence in 1821, and then the capital remained in Monterey. I put Monterey, California in the notes, but it could have been Monterey, Mexico. Uh, Monterey is a state and know. a city down there, so I don't know where the... I don't know which one's right now. But
1: I, slept, I slept like in history. So mm-hmm. you're like refreshing my... Listen,
0: I slept in history. So that's why I'm relearning it all now. So that's <laughs> why I even do these episodes. <laughs> so anyways, so if you think about it, Colorado, Texas, New Mexico, Nevada, Arizona, California, they're all pretty Spanish sounding. The only problem is Mexico uh, now had the same problem that Spain had. They had all this land, but the indigenous population made up the majority of the, of the population. They didn't really own it. Texas decides to revolt. Once the gringos on the East Coast and all the French that down in Louisiana and shit mm-hmm. start getting crowded and want to move west, they start moving into your territory. So it became inevitable that Mexico was going to have like a war. So Texas, Texas is like, nah, we're like an independent state. We're like our own country almost. And in 1836, they said that. So that Texas wasn't part of the U.S., they were part of Mexico, but they said, no, we're not. And Mexico like couldn't really do anything about it. They just didn't have enough people. You know what I'm saying? They they still were, the people running Mexico was it. And then the indigenous population was trying to stay out of shit. You know? um, so Mexico considered Texas a rebellious state the whole 27 years that they were in existence as Mexico. But that Mexican government that considered them a rebellious state let me tell you about the Mexican government. It changed 40 times in 27 years. And I think the (laughs) longest running government office, the longest running like established government was like, close to eight months. So not even a whole year until they just kept changing and changing. So they didn't really even have themselves for like three decades. They didn't have themselves under control. Uh, imagine the last eight years, but just multiply that by like three or four more. <laughs> so like nobody knows what's going on. Everyone has different opinions of how it should go. And some people are even to like Texas, like hey, I'm not even part of you anymore. I'm sick of this shit. So it all started going South in 1846 which is about 50 years before motorcycles were even invented, right? So why are we talking about all this shit? Well, because inevitably Mexico and U.S., which wasn't even that old to begin with, they went to war over Texas in anticipation that it might lead to more land takeovers. The Navy Mm -hmm. and the Marine fleets in the Pacific Ocean, which were up in Oregon, uh, they headed south into California additional ships left the East coast. Cause they're like, dude, we only got five ships out here on the Pacific fleet. We need more than five ships to fight Mexico. So they sent like, uh, I want to say like seven or eight more ships from the East coast, but that trip took 200 days cause the Panama canal didn't exist yet. So they uh-huh. had to sail all the way from Virginia down below south america like argentina wow. and chile and all that shit back up around past mexico past the enemies you know up into california so they had to probably do that pretty carefully because i'm sure they weren't like out in the middle of the ocean you know mexico sees them coming out there in the ocean so it's probably kind of a dangerous trip it took 200 fucking days almost a year right so you couldn't get mm-hmm. into a really quick fight back then um and just before the war actually broke out like in 1846, some American soldiers led by John C. Fremont, and if you are from Fremont, California, you uh, owe your name to this fool. He encouraged some of the settlers up there in Sonoma to rebel against Mexico in what would be called the Bear Flag Revolt. And they got a bed sheet and they painted a Grizzly bear on it, and I spelled grizzly wrong on the notes, but that's all right. And then they put a red star because they saw what Texas was doing. They're like, Uh fuck yeah. They put a red star and they just scrawled really crappily, really horrible handwriting, probably with paint and a bed sheet. And given the fact that probably none of them went to school, but they, they scrawled California Republic below it. And if you look at our beautiful flag today, that's it. It's a bear with a red star and the words, California Republic or Republic of California, whatever it says on it today. So yeah, that was, that was it. They took over Sonoma because there was no, there was like almost zero Mexican soldiers there. There was not enough to like put up a fight. So they're just like, Hey, you guys, you, 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 win. So he won. The battle was bloodless and John Fremont became one of California's first two Republican senators in 1850. Um, I think he went on to run for president after that, but he lost to, uh, I forget who the the guy that won was, but yeah, some some weird guy. You go look go look back at at presidents from the 1800s if you care to see who, who he <laughs> lost against. But yeah, so California still flies that grizzly flag. I was um, looking.
1: I was just looking at. I mean, I know what the flag looked like. Yeah, but I was looking, and I like. I mean, I see pictures of like the bear holding a surfboard and <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> that was added later. I don't know there's, there's one of them there's it, a burrito, there's a California burrito. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that one.
0: Yeah. The burrito Republic is actually much for the, San Diego was trying to secede for a while. They were the burrito Republic and they probably had the surfboard on there too. There, that was probably their flag ideas, but yeah, no, the California bear is pretty cool. He, 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 he definitely surfs. He probably drinks. He wears sunglasses cause it's so sunny yeah. here, but yeah, they didn't have, they didn't, that shit didn't exist back then, or I'm sure they would have drew it on there. Uh, but yeah, so we got that. Um, and, and, California Grizzlies. I had read a few. I did a spooky spokes a couple of years ago, and I was like, I'm gonna do like. I, it's always about ghost stories and like haunted shit. And I was like, what about the What about California's like icon, the fucking bear on our flag? Where was the last one of those shot? And I read that it was shot somewhere near Temecula, like between Temecula mm-hmm. and Camp Pendleton. I don't know where Temecula and Camp Pendleton meet, but I mean, I guess
1: like to, Fallbrook area. Yeah, there, uh,
0: yeah. So I guess that's where I read that the last grizzly was shot. Uh, hmm. but then today on this uh on this other it wasn't Wikipedia, it was some other um, so I think it was like the history channel said that the uh, the last grizzly was actually shot up here by me in 1916 by a farmer named Cor- Cornelius Johnson in Sunland which is in the LA County and it's right by it's like how you it's like on the way to um Tuhung- like all where me and Wiggins go riding a lot. Yeah. Like it's out, it's out here by Tahunga and like Sand Canyon and all that stuff. Like it's right out there. And, and it's totally rolling hills. I could see how there could be a grizzly there, but I could see how there could also be a grizzly on those mountains out by um you know Camp Pendleton. Like there's a lot of like wild shit out there with nothing else. So um the last the last grizzly spotted in California was in Yosemite 1924. He was the last boy seen and then uh, he or she died uh, with no mates left. Just died oh, like the like that white rhino. That's gonna are the black rhino. There's some some fucking rhino that's the last one on Earth, and it, so they know when he dies, he's gonna be dead. But they're still protecting him, so nobody poaches him. That was like the grizzly. Um, yeah, I pro- have
1: like like real quick. A we're doing like a motorcycle camping trip in July up out by like Wrightwood or it's called like tabletop mountain or something. Oh, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been up there, but the girls are talking like that. We need the bear, the canisters, like I guess. Oh yeah. And I, this is, I mean, I've seen box, you know, the boxes and things at the, yeah the parks and campgrounds, but I'm like, what? There's canister. Like yeah. so I have to pack my, my yep. food in a little thing. I'm like, Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It sucks. So prior to 1849, which was a year that, wasn't listed in here, but that was the year of the gold rush, and I, I think you can imagine what happened between <laughs> when people figured out there was gold in California. All yeah. of a sudden, they're like Mexico, who? You know, in Mexico is like, oh shit, we just signed over the country to you. Like it was, it was still in transition in 1849. It wasn't really us or Mexico. We were still signing treaties about it. But I'll be damned if U.S. was going to like let. Mexico keep it once they found oil uh, uh, not oil I almost said oil it was gold oil (laughs) gold so there was 10,000 grizzly bears uh, ranging from Baja all the way to Oregon uh, in California and I've actually seen some paintings from the 1800s of these Mexican vaqueros roping grizzlies like in the desert like down in like Fucking glamis and shit. What? So, yeah, I imagine that grizzly bears were everywhere because if, yeah. if the Mexican cowboys have pictures of them roping them, I imagine that up north, like in the woods and Yosemite and all that shit, like there was mm-hmm. tons, you know? So the last American grizzly was gone, but we still do have brown bears. Well, we have black bears and they are because a grizzly is just a brown bear, but we have black bears. But the thing is, they're not, they're not black like they are in, um, on the East Coast, they're brown colored, so they everyone thinks it's a grizzly, but it's really a it's really a black bear. But there's tons of them. And when I went to Yosemite, you're not even allowed to leave food in your car, yeah, in a, in a cooler, in a bag. Like they're, they're like, no, the bears, like believe it or not, they can you could have it in a fucking safe, and they will smell it, and they will rip your car to shreds to get mm-hmm. it. So yeah, you had to take it into the cabins or into your tent. Or if you were, uh, I'm sorry, not into your cabin. I'm going to say um,
1: hell no. like yeah.
0: No, your tent. If you're <laughs> tent camping, you have to throw it up in a tree. You have to throw a rope over a branch and tie your food to one end of it and then pull it until your, tree is, your food is like 20 or 30 feet up in the tree and then you have to tie it to like a rock or whatever down below so they can't get it. Because, yeah, they'll come into your camp and fucking look through your tent while you're sleeping for it. So, yeah, yeah. they are... They can be dangerous, but yeah, they're, those are black bears. So, yeah. So, anyways, despite being claimed by several groups over the last few hundred centuries, one thing is the same California is still beautiful. All this crazy history happened here. Uh, people coveted California. The natives, for a long time, made it this beautiful, uh, you know, crazy diverse place. But one thing is for sure the terrain hasn't changed. We built on it. We made things here and there. And we kind of tried to shape water to go where we want it to, but the actual terrain is still the same as it's been for thousands of years. And it's fucking beautiful. And so let's get into some of these rides. Let's, let's uh, let's start off and I'm going to, um, right. I'll, I'll take the first one so that you, you can have it easy. Cause I, I think you have <laughs> you, the, the lion's share of the reading to do. So okay. I'm going to, I'm going to read one. This one comes to us, uh, from uh, I see you on here. You had a little excursion at the uh, Dafa Winery.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> so, I I don't know about that.
0: Yeah, no, that's either confirmed <laughs> or denied. Um, even though it's right there on Instagram, still. Yeah. So the first one comes to me from uh, my motorbike obsessions. Who is Matt? And I believe he's in Japan with the kids right now. Uh, so hopefully he gets back soon and we can have him on one of these shows chat with us for a little bit, but he says when he used to live in Ventura County and, and Wiggins and I, he first started listening to the show. We got him into flat tracking. It was, uh, I feel, I feel accomplished that I got somebody into racing. Oh, that's pretty so, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So he said the, um, the 33 up and out of Ojai was great when the weather was good And the 150 getting to the 33 was one of my staples when I lived in Ventura County. So if you're not familiar, the 33 is a massive uh, road that goes from, it looks like it's like a little highway and it literally winds through the hills. The 101 hugs the coast and the only way to get away from the coast is to to take this 33 and it literally winds through what looks like some of the most beautiful hilly uh, mountain territory. In Ventura County, north, just north of LA, um, out there in the wilds, some of that shit that burned, you know, a few a few years ago, and mm. then the 150 is a winding, twisty um, mountain road off of the 33 that goes out to Carpinteria, out on the. Uh, if you're familiar with Carpinteria, it's so cute. It's this little beach city, and um, they got some really cool. Uh, I don't know. It's just like so small town. It, it, it's before, it's before uh, Santa Barbara if you're going north, and after Santa Barbara if you're coming south. And I I recommend stopping there. There's a little um there's a little restaurant right there on the ocean, and I wish I could remember what it's called. But you start you stop there and you eat, and uh, I think it's like in Sandpiper Village or it's like Padaro Beach Grill, something like that. And uh-huh. you you go there and you can get your eat your. Little sandwich right there on the beach. It is so cute, and and I love I love Carpinteria, but that whole area is super cool, uh, super super good. That would make a good ride. That loop, the one fifty to the thirty three, uh, to the one hundred one. That would make a hell of a, a hell of a triangle to ride. So that's that's uh, my first one. I thought it was
1: like Carpentaria or is that like a business? Is that a commercial? I'm like thinking
0: Carpenteria
1: is that what it is?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Carpenteria. They used to sell carpets.
1: But it's not pronounced the same, though, huh?
0: No, like, carpinteria is okay. Exactly how I'm saying it. Carpinteria was, yeah. If you, okay. uh, that was an old. Uh, That's how old <laughs> I am. That was a rad. Those they would come on. It was like the whatever the guy Empire Flooring.
1: Yes. Yeah, it was like that.
0: <laughs> carpinteria. It's like disco music.
1: I'm gonna have. We're gonna have to find that song here.
0: <laughs> yeah, you read. I'll find it and send it to you. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, yeah. Um, we have Becky wrote in, and um, she kind of had a lot to say, which is this is really cool because every place um, she mentioned, it's up in Northern California, and um, I feel like I just I need to make a list now with everything <laughs> that she mentioned because it all just sounds so cool. Yeah. But she um, she,
0: she ride, She's she goes from up wherever she lives till out to like Palm Springs. She does some serious miles for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um I'm just going to read this and it's um it's a pretty it's a fun read. So Becky says, she's like apologies if this is too late. I always listen to your most excellent podcast sometimes after it comes out. I think it's because there's a time shift between North Cal where I am and Snore Cal where you are or something. (laughs)
0: Yeah, there probably is.
1: Yeah. So if you have slow
0: internet, it takes a while for your message to get here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She almost had me for a minute. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, She says, we were down in San Diego last week. We caged it down and kind of glad we did. It snowed on us when we crossed the grapevine and rained all the way home yeah well down there we did rent a motorcycle and she says okay it wasn't a motorcycle it was a slingshot hey. which i think is cool like i see i haven't been in one of those either and um those look pretty cool to me because you know i grew up like with doom buggies and stuff. yeah so
0: no that there, looks pretty cool i see a lot of them around here and if i can i'll get us a uh get us a media ride in one of those. Cause I that want to test them cool. out too. Yeah.
1: I'll follow on the Can-Am and we'll like take turns. Yeah. We'll see <laughs> how the, the,
0: the tadpole experiences.
1: Yeah. So, um, she, so she says, yeah, it wasn't a motorcycle. It was a slingshot, but it's okay because I wrote some of the software that they are still using on the sling and that's always an ego trip. Which, no that's way. Pretty, yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, I think that'd be interesting to learn some more about. Um, she says those things corner pretty quick and I can see the appeal, but I don't think I would buy one. We did the sunrise highway just outside of Sandy angle. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a cool. I like that. Um, that route. She said, um, while we were tired, it turned, we, and turned back because it was snowy as fuck. And it's really fucking cold. Yeah. But I've done it before. Sunrise Highway is a short but stunning ride. You should do it if you haven't already. But maybe wait for the snow to clear. We also did the SR-94 San Diego to Yucamba along the border. It's nice enough but not epic. Then we did S2 across the Borrego Desert. Also nice. And it was 65, which felt warm. But, yeah, Sunrise Highway, like uh, Mount Laguna – yeah. Off the eight.
0: Yeah. That's all like, that's really cool. And this is funny because she wrote this back in March or April when it was totally just oh, yeah. pouring and snowing. Like every, let me see, when she, she wrote this, like at the beginning, March 3rd is when that email came in. So mm-hmm. we're talking like, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was yeah. like when it was that, like so it was cold.
1: Super shitty weather. Yeah. I know, like yeah. we were all, wanting to ride down here and some of the, my friends are down out in like national city and, um,
0: right. Dude, that's, that's close to the ocean and it still got freezing down there. I mean, it's so so Mm -hmm. cold. Um, yeah, we, we literally, there was snow on the mountains up here just until like, a month ago and the grapevine yeah. had actually snowed on the last a couple of weeks ago when they got ra- uh, rain. Maybe, it, maybe it was already a month ago now, but yeah, I mean, it, it recently snowed on the grapevine for the first time probably in May and forever. So yeah, in March, yeah. it was definitely when it was dumping and we were getting all those like crazy big bear was like snowed in and all mm-hmm. that crap. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and so then she shares with us kind of about, up where she's at in NorCal. And she says, I really love the roads around Mariposa up in the Sierras. SR 49 is awesome for early morning rides. And the road from Mariposa to El Portal and Yosemite West entrance is simply lovely unless you hit it at the wrong time and have to spend most of the ride behind SUVs waddling along. Right. (laughs) So,
0: This is funny because I, when I went to Yosemite, yeah, El El Portal was one of the places I had to go through and uh, Mendo, no, Mariposa, it's funny that she mentioned that because the Pasadena Motorcycle Club just did a ride, like a two-day ride called the Greenhorn up there uh, like a weekend or two ago. Yeah.
1: I Yeah. I saw some, I follow them and yeah, I saw some of those clips and I was like, what? Like...
0: Yeah, that looks
1: like a cool group.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's you. you Don't have to be a member to do any of their rides, which is the best part. So you and I should. You and I should. uh, I'll tell you when the next one's going on. We'll go. Yeah, they're way closer to me than you, so I'm sorry (laughs) about
1: that. (laughs) No, it's always good to uh, find new groups. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What else does she say? Um. She says pretty much any route in Yosemite is nice. Um, Tioga, Ti- I'm not gonna say this right. T- Tioga. Tioga, Toga, not Toga. Tioga Pass uh, across the top is stunning, and heading south is also nice. But yeah, uh, it's a world famous national park, so kind of cheating. I've only done it one time, but the 108 from Bridgeport heading west is fuck yeah awesome, which is cool because that's where the um, right the Bridge Bridgeport Port- Jamboree right was this last weekend and those pictures they were so cool to see i was like i was jealous did she say the 108 or the 180 she says the 108 and you know i looked i looked it it up um yeah i saw the 108 and i like anything in the sierra area is super pretty yeah
0: you can't go wrong literally like oh there's the 108 oh wow oh yeah yeah, that looks crazy Yeah, and it's it's up there too. It's farther mm-hmm. north than I thought. But yeah, you know what? You can't, like she said, you can't go wrong in a world-class national park. Like Anything is cool up there. The yeah. funny thing is, is that Wiggins wanted to go camping up there one time and he didn't realize even to drive through the park. So this is a heads up for anybody. I, I'm pretty sure you have to pay the park entry fee on top of whatever um, the campgrounds cost. So you can't really mm-hmm. just drive in and camp, you know, you have to pay to get into the park. It's like a, uh, you know, it pays for all the s- services that, that you get in there. And I, like, once you get inside, you'll understand, but yeah, it is, it's Matt, it's beautiful. But yeah, I think if you just, even to, just to drive into that, I think you have to pay to get into the park on top of whatever campground or event you're going to go to. Yeah. But, yeah. But Bridgeport, that's cool that she mentioned that too. And I see yeah. that up there. Yeah. That's nuts.
1: Um, yeah. And she, and little side note, like I love, I don't know if I'd recommend like a, a, a road bike to go on this, but like also Bodie out there is super cool to see the old mining town. It is, right. a, it's like, it's like. It's paved and becomes like a hard packed dirt. So if you're, if you feel fine on dirt, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But um, Bodhi's like super a cool place to see kind of Yeah, out. I've, I've never
0: been, I, I really, Bodhi's on my bucket list. Um, about, about 15 years ago, I wanted to write like a coffee table book on ghost towns. And Bodhi uh-huh. obviously is one of the, I mean, there's a bunch of like well-known ones, but Bodhi is one of
1: the. Main I ones. did. I just bought a bu- a book on Bodhi, so remind me, and I'll oh,
0: give it to you. Wrote it. So Never mind. I haven't even read it.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, all right. We're almost done with her with her um her email, and she even says I don't want to write too much because nobody likes to get a long email. We there do. Tons, <laughs> there's tons <laughs> of nice enough rides in the Bay Area, usually full of badly driven SUVs. Fuck <laughs> those guys and head north. Ride. Ride the Lost Coast Backroads. Yeah. I've done it one time solo on a V-Strum. You're going to want an adventure bike because there are parts of the road that are just (sighs) washed away. Yeah. Take a good map because there's no phone reception. Explore the roads around Honeydew and Petrolia. Uh, Probably, yeah. Yeah. Down to Shelter Cove. And she says, dang, I just remembered Indian Valley Road and (laughs) Peachtree Road as well. They're south of Route 25 heading into San Miguel. Surprisingly nice. It's kind of Central Cali, really. Almost zero SUVs. Indian Valley is such such a motorcycle road, it's even named after a motorcycle company. Probably Uh, Harley or something. I don't know. Yeah, Harley Valley? Yeah, Harley Valley.
0: Harley Valley Road named but, after but um, me. no,
1: I looked up that Indian Valley Road because I would i mean, I looked up mo- every you know everything that she mentioned in um the pictures of that Indian Valley Road, like it, well, it just everything sounded pretty. I want a trip.
0: Yeah, I know <laughs> that was a pretty banger of an email. She really threw us a lot out there. Is 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 Indian Valley kind of like by by uh, Bakersfield, like Coalinga, Bakersfield? Was it? There, I, mean, I, I guess I could just type it in. A Google you No, know,
1: I did now. look and the, I wrote next to it. I put Paseo Robles. Oh, so what's up? But, don't quote pa- me, but that's what I wrote. Yeah. P- P- Paseo Robles is up yeah, north. There, uh, sorry, if I remember
0: correctly, but yeah. So yeah, um, lots of good, geez. And one email covered more than most people who, uh, who actually tried. So that's,
1: that's I good. know I'm like, my head spinning with all these ideas now. Yeah.
0: So it's funny that she mentioned some, you mentioned some, this next person mentioned some, this is Rob T from uh, San Diego. And he says, I haven't seen Rob in a bit, but Hey Rob, how you doing? Hope you're listening to this. He says sunrise highway to Julian. And yeah. then maybe the, maybe uh, 79 around Lake Cuyamaca. And then back to the eight on the way back. And yeah. as an added bonus, he said, it's all freshly paved. So that's something I was going to oh. say. I was just writing out, um, out here on one of our famous uh, roads with the, the guys a couple weekends ago. And, man, it was shit. And mm-hmm. it's because of all the snow and rain that had hit it. And th- and this brutal sun is just a mix of, you know what I mean? Like, it's like the worst mix. And it really just jacked everything up. And it was horrible. I was like, yeah, you need an ADV bike on this. Like, I was on the <laughs> VFR, and, and it was terrible. Um, it was definitely... If you had an ADV bike, you would have been, you would actually felt like (laughs) appropriate because the Mm -hmm. the roads were that bad. Then again, some of the roads in downtown LA LA are pretty bad. But definitely that drive out to, uh, it's East County, San Diego. Um, You feel like you're going, to me, I always felt like I was going north into the mountains. For some reason, I always associate mountains with north. But actually, you're kind of heading along like the you're heading kind of like parallel to the Mexican border. Don't you? You can definitely hear that helicopter, right?
1: I hear something.
0: Yeah, there. There's somebody swatted us. Somebody found out we were recording. And they I was going to say,
1: are you house. about to get like? Do you need to run, go start running?
0: <laughs> Shh! They don't hear me yet. Okay, they're gone. They're gone.
1: Uh, but yeah, so Lake
0: Lake Quemacca. I think that's out by. Ramona Julian uh, yeah it's if
1: you're going um north on the sunrise highway or like northeast ish um yeah you you would hit Lake Cuyamaca first before Julian and there there's a restaurant there on the lake that has um I think it's under new ownership it's maybe been a year or so um so that's like a cool place to stop and eat too right there at the lake before you go into Julian yeah Mm
0: -hmm. Fun fact: I used to live kind of near there, uh, only for like a year. When I when I got out of high school, I moved up to the mountains up there near Julian and Descanso. Um, I actually lived in Pine Valley on uh-huh. the Sunrise Highway, like near Mount Laguna. And I wasn't old enough to drive yet or anything, but um, I did, you know, ride my bicycle all around there and a bunch of crazy crap. But yeah, it was do that. Even, on, even as a kid with just a bicycle, that area was so crazy and just beautiful out there. Yeah.
1: Um, that's all I mean, you really can do out there, right? Is like ride your bicycle. I
0: mean, and yeah. Or- yeah. That's it. Yeah. Do a lot of drugs <laughs> if you yeah. are a kid out there. But yeah, the 79 is crazy because it kind of does like a loop if I'm not mistaken you can you write it up and like you said before you actually get to julian you can kind of turn you can just kind of stay on that road and it'll take you back you can you can leave on the the highway eight and end on highway eight and it's basically like a mount laguna loop uh the sunrise highway is like a huge loop mm-hmm. out there um yeah uh i'm gonna let you hit the next one
1: Okay, yeah. So our next one is from maybe you know Johnny. Yeah, he's
0: he's the one that we had a drink with.
1: Oh, yeah. Duh. Hello. Yeah, so because it's, he says he knows, it sounds like he knows you. He says, Hey, junk, sitting here listening to episode 290 while I wait for a delivery. Just wanted to chime in on a beautiful ride in Northern California. Everyone has heard about it. The Avenue of the Giants in Humboldt County. I recommend taking PCH all the way up till it hits Highway 101. Not too much further north starts the Avenue of the Giants. It will change your perspective on life. The ocean used to be my favorite place to visit until I found the (laughs) Redwoods up there. Just to put in my two cents, don't freeze, homeboy.
0: Yeah, again, he wrote in when it was freezing down here. So, yeah, so (laughs) so that one, cool. Yeah, the Avenue of the Giants is literally in Northern California. Yeah, we have sequoia. We have giant sequoias in Central California, Mm -hmm. but once you get up north, the redwoods start, and the redwoods are all the way from the coast inland. It's just so nutty and i believe the avenue of the giants was the ones where you can drive through some of the trees like back in the okay. 40s yeah if i remember correctly but it's definitely it's uh, the redwood national state park um and we're talking about thousands hundreds of years old trees mm-hmm. hundreds and thousands of year old gigantic trees uh, out yeah. there yeah um, i
1: um when i was reading it like I, I hadn't heard of that particular, the Avenue of the hundred giants. And I'm like, Oh, he probably means, you know, trail of a hundred giants. Cause that's what I'm used, What I've heard of, you know, up in Kernville when I've done Kernville camp out, but yeah. you know, I Googled it and I saw, you know, I on the, where it was. And I was like, Oh wow, this looks really cool.
0: Yeah. Like, like basically NorCal.
1: Yeah. W- yeah. Way higher up.
0: Um, Yeah. The, uh, the giants that they have near Kernville, Kernville's at the South end of Yosemite. So that's the mm-hmm. Sequoias and all that stuff. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Avenue of the giants. And he mentioned that to me and he actually put it in our, um, he put it in our, what's it called? Uh, uh, Instagram post as well. Um, the Avenue of the Giants Check it out And I was like Yeah So so it's f- so funny Because the 101 Is the Coast Highway For a while But then it splits off And the Coast Highway Is the one
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: Up north And so yeah You get up there You go up by Shelter Cove Which I think Becky mentioned Right um, And all that That is part of that as well And it's just this uh, It's a point on the 101 Between Garberville And Redcrest That has just this Little windy area And it's just like supposedly just incredible, incredible view. It'll blow your mind away, I guess, of the 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 um, scope, like how big these things are compared to compared to you on your bike. Yeah.
1: Um
0: and the last one, you don't have any more. So my last one is I have one more. Oh do you? Oh yeah, go yeah. for it.
1: Well no okay, okay. All right. So the yeah the last one I have is from Paul. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah that's that's the one yep.
1: Paul. Oh is that what you had?
0: Yeah I thought I didn't know I put that one for you. Yeah go for it.
1: Okay. So, um, Paul mentions, he says, uh, I used to meet my friends in Escondido as a midway point between San Diego and Temecula. A nice alternative to the 15 heading back is taking Valley Center Drive through Valley Center to Lilac Road. Lilac, Lilac Road then turns into Rice Canyon Road and Rainbow Valley Road and then back up towards Pachanga and home. He says this route turns the 30 minute freeway slog into an hour plus back road ride with some decent twisties and scenery, which is totally true. This is really my neck of the woods. Cause I'm in like South Temecula and um, yeah, the traffic sucks on the 15 North every afternoon and it's more like an hour long drive, but you can, you can do how he says, like going up through Valley Center or if you cut off the 15 at like Gopher Canyon and you can take um, Old Castle Road, which hits like Lilac and still kind of hit all those back roads like he mentioned and come into the backside of Temecula. It's a good excuse for a ride.
0: Yeah, and I um, – it's funny because I – Always drive between San Diego and LA and see the old castle road. Never have ever went on it and decided mm-hmm. a couple, like I guess it was last year or 2021, maybe decided to just go on it. My kids and I were coming back up and I was like, Hey guys, I've never been down here. Let's drive old castle road. I wonder if there is like an old castle, like building out there. I don't know why they call it old castle it probably road. Is. But also old 395 was like a, before like yeah. the major highways, like interstate 15 went through there. I think that it was probably like an old, Highway from the back in the day, yeah. and it's windy as hell, winding you know it's like a two lane little highway winding through the hills that you had to use to get up there, right? Yeah, it goes all the way up by June and Mammoth Lakes, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it kind of I don't quote me, but it, it basically kind of like ends at Temecula, and then but yeah, when you take the 15 North and you get off at like Victorville it becomes like there's the 395 again yeah yeah all the way up on the eastern sierras like through yeah
0: and i know i know it goes all the way up to well uh i know somebody that said they took it to reno i don't know if that actual freeway goes all the way up there but yeah right it goes up toward reno so i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's got to be like one of the older what used to be an interstate freeway or highway or something you know back before these major highways were built Mm -hmm. but yeah man that what an epic ride i even looked it up the reason i let you read it is because i know that probably being in temecula you probably read it and you said yep i have yeah and i have to say you see these you see these little roads on the side of the freeways and i like i said i would always see this driving between la and san diego and i Never went on it, but this little road paralleled the freeway, and I'm thinking, man, that looks like so much fun down there. I want to know what's down there, you know? Yeah. And you just got to get off the freeway once in a while, take the road less traveled once in a while,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: do, you know, take a street you've never taken before, so uh, see what see what's back there.
1: Yeah, um, there's even – there's a cool little restaurant off there too that a lot of riders know off of Lilac called like the Yellow Deli. I mean, I'm always like, oh, like rides for some food.
0: Yeah, is it like, like a little one that serves I, like just hamburgers mostly?
1: Um, oh, there's Nessie Burger. That,
0: that's what it was, Nessie yeah. Burger. That's what we went to.
1: Yeah, they, they're they right off the 15 and the 76, which 76 is always good to like go out towards like Palomar Mountain and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, Nessie Burger, it was really – Really close to the freeway, um, and then if well, I say a few years ago, but probably even longer than that, they moved a little more. They're still same exit, but um, on the left, kind of up on Mission Road, and yeah, Um yeah. yeah Nessie Burger is really good.
0: Yeah, was, they were good. I got to admit, like they were, it was a good stop. And and I told my kids, when are we going to do this ever again? Like usually we're in a rush to get home, and you never take the road less traveled. But that is what I even made a weird turn out of Costco today and uh-huh. turned down this weird road because you're not allowed to do a U-turn, long story short, surface streets. But I found this little secluded patch of wilderness right in the middle of, like, Uh, uh Like, I don't know, it's really weird. It was, like, near some train. It was, like, this little patch of wilderness near some train tracks. And um, I know there's a Lagunitas tasting room or brewery Ooh. up there, too. And I was like, dude, I never saw this patch of wilderness before. I would love to come to poach it with the dirt bike. However, that's too noisy. Maybe an electric dirt bike or a, you know, a BMX bike or something just to go have fun and just go around. But it's, it's almost like having a, um, an illegal park, like an illegal, like BMX course. I think it used to be a golf course. And I, my dream for like, Fifteen or twenty years was to take a dirt bike out on a um, golf course and just like terrorize, Oh you know, jump over the fucking jump the um, bunkers and like just all over those hills that they make to make golf courses challenging. Looks so yeah. much fun to ride on. So yeah. I actually found like an abandoned one that's been overgrown by nature. So I, I might do it.
1: You but, could um, probably do like you know we were, I was thinking about this. this um, We were talking about the three ninety five and they're in like rainbow. Which is another rainbows, a nice little set of curves, yeah. But it's those curves are super shitty too, like tons of potholes from the Mm. rain and stuff. So it's like cool for bikes, but not not really. And um, rainbow going down into Temecula, like there's a golf course there, um, Temecula Creek Inn, and you could probably, yeah, I mean, because their their sprinklers are always just like hitting. 395, like that road, <laughs> and that, you could probably just straight out take your bike, like right off the curves, in onto the uh, golf course. There,
0: nice. There's that close, yeah. Dude, rip yeah. it. Take your bike. Let's take your bike out there. <laughs>
1: Whatever. <laughs> too pretty. We'll take yours. Yeah,
0: it is it is pretty. Um I have two hey, super 73s we can each Yeah, see that's exactly what I was thinking cuz uh, mm-hmm. an actual bike I was thinking this place would be the cops would be there in like 5 seconds. But <laughs> an electric dirt bike or an electric bicycle on this mm-hmm. place Perfect. Yeah. So, hey, folks, we've been yapping uh, for over two hours now. This has been a great uh, episode. We're gonna um, probably call it quits. Thank you so much. How do you feel about this show? You feel a little better?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like sorry. I'm like, yeah.
0: yeah, sorry. When we met in person, you got violently ill. That pickleback literally <laughs> saved you, though. I can tell <laughs> you had a reason to barf then because you, you like hit it. You're like, oh, I had to throw up the pickleback, and I was like, I yeah. know it was me, but um. <laughs> But yeah, I had a great time this week and uh, can't wait to do it again. Actually, a little behind the scenes for the listeners. We'll probably be talking to each other in in a matter of days. So, yeah. um, So the the, the episodes won't go out uh, for a week or so. But yeah. We'll, we'll be hopefully seeing each other here pretty soon with a, a couple other special guests in the house. Um, hey, this week, uh, I used to do like a weekly challenge or I used to really want to challenge people to do something. Should we do like an Instagram challenge, like a uh, tag creative writing podcast and... Um, ride your bike onto a golf course (laughs) (laughs) and then tag us
1: yes yes. yeah let's
0: do it if you guys can if you've listened this far in the show boy you're really dedicated
1: but you have to Uh, show your nipples too in the picture okay i want to see nipples on the golf course with a bike
0: all right i mean there's nobody nobody here that doesn't want to see nipples on the golf course i'm just saying that's uh, at your discretion kim it, it won't count toward Kim if you don't, but for me, I'll take just anything. I just want to see your bike out there on a golf course. So, uh, so yeah, there's your uh, weekly challenge. The call to action is, Hey, please leave us a review. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, you can reach us at creative writing podcast at gmail.com. We'd love some more reviews. We haven't had a review on iTunes in a while. I don't know if we've had a review anywhere for a while. Uh, I, there is this one guy that um, is making. I forget it now. I don't have it up. Maybe I'll maybe I'll tell him. Um, I lost it for this episode. But there's this guy who's uh, featuring us on his uh, top fifty podcast. I think it's like blog dot dot motorcycle podcast or something like that. So if you ever, if you still use Feedspot, which uh, I don't know how long that blogging platforms been around but um yeah there's somebody that made uh some 50 of the top motorcycle um motorcycle podcasts and then he's like hey sorry you were 51 but i still want you to talk about my list uh, <laughs> oh, i don't know where i don't know where we fell i didn't really uh uh ask him too much but yeah so we're out there somewhere on somebody's favorite list hopefully uh we're near the top on one of we'll yours. We'll work our way up. Yeah, we'll work our way into your hearts. Um, we're available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Podbean, Chaser, Fritz the Cat, all that fun shit. So just leave us a rating and review wherever you find us. Uh, Kim, if people want to get in touch with you or see what you're up to or see, you know, you and your girlfriend's <laughs> showing your nipples <laughs> on a golf course where can uh, we find yeah. you
1: um yeah you can find me on instagram at dawson's freak that's d-a-w uh what is it
0: uh, yeah, Z
1: a Z, and then the word freak yeah all one there you go dang
0: mm-hmm. dawson's creek reference there you can check us out at Creative Writing Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You could check out our blog at creative-writing.com and on Reddit at creative underscore writing. Don't just go to creative writing on Reddit. You will regret it on Reddit. Uh, If you want to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash creative writing. Throw a dollar into the mail slot. What that'll get you is a sticker. Kim saw some of the cool stickers. Uh, I think they're cool. Kim saw some of the stickers that I've created. We're going to be creating some more for 2023. Kim, I I forgot to tell you as part of the job description, you got to get out a pen and paper and make a sticker. Um, I don't care if it looks like a third grader did it. you
1: gotta gotta do one
0: (laughs) good good so yeah we're gonna have some more stickers coming out for the patrons uh this year um and and as always if you are a five or ten dollar patron you get entered into the solstice slam which we try to do around the summer solstice I think Kim the summer solstice is coming up next week we're not gonna do it next week because old junkmeister is gonna be out of town Um, So what we're going to do is I think we're going to hold off till after July, July 4th. Probably we'll we'll wait till after everyone's done partying. We'll probably do Solstice Slam in the middle, middle of summer when it's actually feels like summer around here. It feels like winter still for SoCal. It hasn't got above 70 here today. So... I'm like, dude, is it February? But uh, but yeah, so we'll see. When it actually feels like summer, we'll do Solstice Slam. They That may be August for all I know. But yeah, we'll, we'll get it out to you. Um, last year, we had somebody win a helmet. This year, if I can get enough... Uh Uh, enough in the coffers we'll try to do something cool like that again maybe you'll win a an autograph picture of (laughs) me and kim on a golf course (laughs) who knows but definitely some cool stickers and whatever swag we can get at you uh all right everybody well thanks so much kim any last words
1: oh you're so you did this last time too i'm shoot i don't have